comparison to sitcom clip shows wasn't enough, perhaps the analogy to Ready Player One will jump out more. To the cynical, Avengers Endgame will seem like an exhausting reference fest they will pray to be over soon. To longtime fans, Endgame is more of a quote-unquote good Ready Player One, where all the references are meaningful with more weight added to each character. Essentially, every moment, quote, or image that fans have in a final Avengers movie wishlist is predictably present by the time Endgame rolls credits. Why identify more of the latter group? I admit that I am also exhausted. After, finishing writing, after I finish writing this review, I have little desire to talk about this film for extended periods of time. As of this writing, I am due to watch this film again with my family this Saturday night, and I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. My friends and peers from Thursday Night Show were emotionally drained, but I found myself physically and mentally drained for the first time watching an MCU film. When people say that this film really does represent closure for this era of the MCU, they are absolutely correct, to the point I would actually be okay if I never saw a new MCU film ever again. Those were my words in this piece called Avengers Endgame is Self-Congratulatory Fanservice, a spoiler-free review on AP Marvel. I'm Chris Compendio, and I'm here with Anthony Payone, who questioned if that was a good thing or bad thing. So what do you think, Anthony? Well, uh, do I, I mean, like... I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it because, like, I don't know. You know like, <laughs> we have not decided. I mean, no, yet. <laughs> I mean, I I think it's a good thing, but I also disagree with some of the wording and maybe the title. But that's fine to sure. have. You know. Yeah. All right. Let's get to yeah. it. Uh, also, here in the ring, uh, in the discourse zone, is Thomas Rasmussen. Ready to rumble, Chris. Wow. Yeah. Put him up. Um. No, I, I I liked this movie. I liked Avengers Endgame. But, uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it you from know, your, your review. Uh, I had I had a lot of I was like really like not in a great mood end of Thursday night for some reason. I think I was just like I I felt I I tweeted I felt like I had aged two decades. <laughs> you felt like end of movie I mean, Steve Rogers. <laughs> right. I I yeah I, I yes. Um. Except I didn't find uh, my one true love um, back in time. Uh, like I mentioned that review, I actually did watch it again Saturday night. So I have seen the movie twice in theaters. And it was a lot easier to get into the second time. That's that's what I will amend to that review. Uh, but we were all in Pittsburgh together. Um, the Avengers assembled, one would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, we're, we're going to get into spoilers eventually, but but first we we <laughs> we we have some stories about um our our experience watching Avengers Endgame. Uh this is episode 48 of AP Marvel and uh it's this is coming out exactly a week after we saw the movie. We we, we saw it on Thursday night. We are all in Pittsburgh. I hitched a ride for my family. They were in Pittsburgh for unrelated reasons. And uh, Thomas, you took a bus. I, How did that I go? Did, I took a. I took two days off of work, and uh-huh. one of those days was purely just to bus ride uh, from like six a.m. to no, no, no. It was overnight. It was eight p.m. to six a.m. on a bus to get to Pittsburgh so that I could watch Endgame with everybody that night, which was a mistake. Definitely worthwhile to, like, actually go on the trip, but Greyhound is not a good bus service, and I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and We're not sponsored by Greyhound, I can oh tell my, you that. I actually, I have sent in 
a very scathing review to their physical P.O. box <laughs> because they do not have an email for complaints. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I spent the entire so like all night basically couldn't sleep because of the the bus, um, and then the entire day I had nothing to do in Pittsburgh. So I had like a full twenty four hours of just like anticipation, just like just <laughs> nothing to do but look forward to this showing of Endgame for so long. Uh, you guys know I made a Marvel villains themed crossword. I was like. Uh-huh. Very stoked, reading reading as much as I could about things, um, and then was almost late somehow because uh, I was picking my girlfriend up at the airport, and her plane got in at six thirty, but like we didn't actually get out of the airport until seven thirty for mm. the nine o'clock showing. And you guys know that airport is not nearby, right? Yes, no, it's it, not. Yes, as we know, the Pittsburgh airport is nowhere near. The rest of so the I spent 24 hours waiting for it and then nearly was late <laughs> to this showing of Endgame. Uh, Wait, did you explain how you, like, so you thought it was 6 p.m. but it was 6 a.m. your bus was leaving? Yes, so this seems to be my Achilles heel is <laughs> p.m. and a.m. I, so my theory is that <laughs> my subconscious just changes it to be whatever I hope that it is. Why don't because you just use military time like any normal piece of civilization? Because that's not how the bus tickets were printed. Internet swatch time, let's go. So, um, yeah, I assumed that I took Thursday and Friday off of work, and the, the reasonable thing to do would be to spend Thursday traveling to Pittsburgh, so I read 8 and then 6 as 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., which makes sense because then I get there around the same time as when my girlfriend was getting in, uh, right in time for dinner, maybe I get to shower or whatever beforehand. Uh, but that was not the case. I discovered at 6.45 p.m., an hour and 15 minutes mm. before the bus left, uh, I discovered that that was what it was. So I packed hurriedly and raced over to uh, the Greyhound station to begin my 24 hours of uh, of Endgame waiting. The fast, the adventure begins. Yeah. So, so the takeaway is I saw this movie after not sleeping the night before, essentially. You're like that one Futurama episode where they, they fly to the, uh, the giant meteor of garbage and they set a timer on the bomb. But they realize that it's upside down, so they see it's the wrong time, and they have like a few seconds, then a few minutes. You're you're like that. <laughs> it's like it's not good. So I've done this before <laughs> with flights, um, several times, where uh, mm. I actually once like went through security at the airport and walked to my gate to discover that it was in twelve hours, not now. And yep. had to leave the airport and go home and come back. Mm, wonderful. Very good. Very good. Um, Anthony doesn't have any horror travel stories because he lives in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I did have another horror story. I um, I work <laughs> okay. here in Pittsburgh, and I was working on Thursday, and I was coming down with a little, little, little bit of some allergy and some cold. So I, um, I decided, mm. you know, I get to work. I'm going to take some medication. I have some medication in my bag. And I pop some pills in my mouth, and uh, I'm working, da 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 
And then I pass out mid-work. Not pass out like scary pass out, but like pass out as in like go to sleep pass out. And I wake up like 20 minutes later at my desk. No one's noticed that I'm gone. Um, and, uh, and then I realized, holy fuck, the medication that I took is drowsy medication. So I slog mm. through work half awake. And I was just like, you know, maybe the medication has worn off by now. It's 4 o'clock p.m. I'm home. I'm just relaxing. I'm playing some video games. But it has not uh, died off. And it is now. And then imagine an hour before the movie comes out. And I am exhausted and tired. So I'm just like, am I going to pass out in the middle of Endgame? Because that's what it feels like. Um, So I take a quick 20-minute nap. And it rejuvenates my body just enough to get my my butt into this into the theater i will say um when i saw you before the film you were remarkably subdued given everything <laughs> yes and now i know the story <laughs> yes yes not a great time Man. yeah did we did you actually make it to um god what's the pizza place we ate at called pistoles um, i already forget Pistoles, yes, I just right? said pistoles. Yes. Okay, we figured it out. It's fine. But uh, we we ate at pistoles <laughs> and we uh, had a bunch of reserved seats. We basically took up half the restaurants. Yes. And they um, they gave us a lot of mozzarella sticks. I think they like lost track of how many people were ordering mozzarella sticks, and we, we ordered just, like thirty like, extra mozzarella minutes, sticks. come out with mozzarella. We sticks. ordered thirty extra mo- yeah. mozzarella sticks. Yeah. That was a very funny thing. Uh, uh, this episode is brought to you by Pastolis. It's uh, yes, <laughs> this episode yes, is great, brought to you by mozzarella sticks, the greatest of the fried. Yeah, the the, the concept of the mozzarella greatest, sticks. Yeah. Also, really nice couch. The fermented milk. Milk. Don't, don't shake the a stick. fried fermented milks. Yes, yes. Everyone loves fried yeah. fermented. And then milk. we all we all went to the Manor Theater in Scroll Hill. Um, Fifty plus. The Manor Theater is not that. It's not that big of a theater. It's a very nice theater, but it's not, like, known for its size. So that entire line was basically, um, who was there? It was you, you, Anthony, you, Thomas, me. Uh, Izzy was kind of the ringleader. We had Layla and Aaron there. And then also all of the Stuco students, all of the Carnegie Mellon um, Marvel Film Media Studies students who are kind of our, uh, let's call them our children. And how many people were there? Like 40, 50? I think it was like 50 plus. Something like that? There was 50 plus people that we were friends with that we had tickets for, like planned for. Um, at the theater, plus some other people who were from CMU that just happened to be going at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, some some friends of mine, some Twitter friends who I, who I met up for for the first time. Uh, shout out to uh, Micah and their um, fiance Casey. They were really fun to hang out with. But we had a problem where we did not have enough tickets. Apparently, um, like we we pre-ordered all. Of our I know tickets a little bit more yeah, about that you, story. Do you, have, do, you have, do you have the whole story, Thomas? Because I missed a bunch yeah. Of it. So it sounds like what happened was uh, Izzy pre-ordered fifty tickets for this particular showing. She basically bought out most of the theater because I I think they only seat yeah. eighty. So she bought the majority of the seats in a particular theater, and. When she went up to the counter and gave him all of her info, they printed off like a stack of tickets and handed it to her. And she left the counter and went to go distribute them. And we only had 28 tickets. Uh, 
Mm. And when she went back, they were like, we're, we're sold out. She's like, I know, because I bought the tickets. Uh, and they didn't want to give us any more tickets, which is obviously ridiculous, because the order did say 50, but only 28 people you know, had a ticket in their hand. So, uh, yeah. so she basically was like, this all of this is us like all of this is one group either we all go in yeah. or like you're we're getting our money back and demanding a refund um and <laughs> it was i think it was too last minute for them to back out so like the ticket person called the manager and the manager was like fine like just let them in and <laughs> they did not take they like printed more tickets to give out to us and then just waved everybody in they did not take tickets at our theater my, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, my ticket like remained suspicious. in my pocket from when it was handed to me to like all the way till when I was in my seat. Yep. So basically, what Izzy did was she just said, "Anyone who wants to see Endgame right now can see it," and they just did that. Yo, did some people luck out? Like who just happened to like be in the line? I have no idea. I, I don't recognize everyone. They're all like they're all before our time. So for all we know, yeah, yeah, after our time. So we basically, like, I don't want to say strong-armed. I don't want to say we didn't, uh, I want to speak to your manager our way into the theater, but, like, we we invaded that we really theater, did. basically. It was yeah, their mistake, we, you, 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 but you, by force, yeah. we took... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But everyone got a seat. Right. So, we're, yeah, we're in the manor, and um, we're all scattered around, so we, we sat there for... Three hours. Uh, there are only like two trailers. Um, the manor doesn't really show that many trailers, so we only saw the Lion King and the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailers. And oh boy, that was like a nine thirty showing, so we all got out like, uh, like fucking one something or something like that. One ish, twelve thirty. It was the next day by the time the movie was over. Right. Yeah. We were in a new day, and dare I say, a new era. Dare you say, indeed, yes. Um, also, I love these little keychains we got. Yeah. We got a, um, a... Whose idea was that to get those keychains? Was it Izzy or someone else? I'm pretty sure it was Izzy. But, yeah, probably. And, you know, props to Izzy, you know, for, like... She, she's not in this episode right now because she is, like, sick. <laughs> she was catching a cold, like, the beginning of that day. So, like, it's a miracle she got through that. Um, but she... We, we basically um, pitched in. We got these Infinity Gauntlets keychains, and they are also bottle openers. It's They're, they're very awesome. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Izzy for just... She did this last year as well, and she is one of the yeah. like most energetic and productive members of this, this team. Uh, of society. Specifically of, yeah, when she's stressed. I feel like she just like unleashes the tiger on that manager, and so... Creds to Izzy for yeah, She doesn't deserve the stress. She needs to take a break. Um, yes. Aaron and uh, Layla, you gotta step up <laughs> next year. <laughs> you really gotta... Um, dear Lord. But uh, thank you, Izzy. Thank you so much. You are a queen. I wish I got a picture of your beautiful um, Infinity Gauntlet uh, jewelry on your on your hand. Um, but we were also busy. You were stressed out. I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> like you're trying to plan these things. Like, hey, can I take a picture of your hand? But um, man, man, Thursday night. Uh, the movie Avengers Endgame. Should we talk about the we movie? We should actually get talk. No, get to talking about. The we should movie not talk because, about the movie at all because I think that people. Uh, yeah, okay. I think people um, listening maybe want to 
maybe want to you know us to talk about the movie, but we can talk about other things. Well, you see, the the barbecue chicken pizza at Pastelli's was was pretty wonderful. There we go. Um, this I is had, good content. Um, I got a small. I or I was one of the people uh, that ordered the mozzarella sticks and... because I'm a fan of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I did not have one mozzarella stick that entire time. Holy shit. Apparently right. Chris Stapleton was one of the White Walkers on Game of Thrones last night. <laughs> yeah, no, they always do weird celebrity cameos with the White Walkers. Or with, you know, with um, Ed Sheeran as a Lannister soldier for no Let's talk about reason, the other... But, uh, Avengers Endgame. The Avengers the Endgame. Uh, the movie that was actually yeah that was that was co-written by Christopher Marcus and um wait Stephen McFeely Christopher and Stephen McFeely yeah I I, I almost get them like was it was a Christopher McFeely or Stephen Marcus no 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 but you can't really make the same mistake with directors Joe Rousseau and Anthony Rousseau because they're brothers but Avengers Endgame it was the fourth Avengers film and it's already making like over a billion dollars so if you haven't seen it already. Um, what are you doing? I don't know how you haven't. Yeah, which because everyone is trying. But to But if see you haven't thing. seen the movie, that means that there's more money that this movie will get. More money, more yeah, money. Probably. Disney will just um, milk out of society. <laughs> yeah, eyeing that Avatar. Let's say. Do, maybe do you guys think I'm about to take us on a tangent right when we got back on track? But do you guys think that the <laughs> complexity of the movie is going to make people like go back and rewatch it more times to try and understand everything? Well, Ooh, I don't think it's that complex. I think, that's... I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's not complex. It's just dense. So like, there might be things that like people might not have noticed before, yeah. and they might go back to. T- I don't think it's complicated. I, I would argue. This is the most complex plot of any MCU film. I'd actually disagree. If you did not pay attention to Tilda Swinton, sorry, we're getting spoilers. <laughs> Tilda Swinton's the movie. Spoiler uh, alert! Who gives a shit? On out, we're spoilers. talking about this movie. I think people would know. <laughs> if you did not pay attention to Tilda Swinton explaining the timelines to Bruce Banner, then you will not get this movie. But they literally draw it out. She has like a diagram. She's like, hey, here's the timeline. Like changing stuff in the past will not affect your your person. It won't be like Back to the Future. It's basically saying Back to the Future is wrong. But it could affect... Hot Tub Time Machine. But it could affect other people's futures. So what you have to do is you have to bring the stones back. That's it. In, In essence... So my point is this movie had to A... One, introduce time travel and explain the ramifications it was going to have. Two, juggle all of these characters. And I realize that other films have had to juggle that many characters. But instead of doing the sort of, like, good guys are trying to beat Thanos and prevent him from getting the stones, they, like, have to intercede in certain plot lines. Like, there are characters that are meeting their duplicates and uh, having their Wi-Fi networks confused with their duplicates. And there are a lot of different Wow, that is a good analysis a lot of, different of plots. what happened with Nebula. Yeah. There, there's just a lot we're going on. So, like, yeah, space Wi-Fi. Should um, we just give our general opinions about this movie? Well, I mean, Thomas, you, you kind of uh, read it or wrote our outline I, here. I, we can toss it if we want to. I just wanted to, like, uh, get out of the way, like, what moments in the film just like stood out to you and this is full spoilers just wait, wait what wait. did you walk away from wait, being before like we, wow. before we get to that before we get to that should we talk about like what we're expect what we were expecting going into the movie but we did yes oh, we the should three probably of us, do that the three of us did cover you the, mean the, the the point that thomas wrote and decided to skip yes, just yes, now but also the three <laughs> I, did us, i decide to skip it no anthony said let's hey, talk hey, about the movie hey, so hey, hey 
We also did all all of us cover the produ- the predictions. So That's true. Maybe you on un- oh, if you are following it. along, then you probably understood the predictions. Uh, like what we had expected going in. Um, I was just I'm excited. I had no other feelings. Send something to our chat. That is my. Uh, oh yeah, you uh, Thomas, you went. Back yes, to our I did. Episode I really, week. really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I was on the bus back, which was a long bus ride, I had downloaded the <laughs> predictions episode, and I made an Excel sheet where I listed each like definitive prediction that was made, um, and then how many like which of us agreed with that prediction, and then scored it based on whether it was correct or incorrect. And just for flair, the ones that were like crazy specific that ended up being right got a green, and uh, ones that were like. So absolutely not what happened at all. I they gave him a red. What does uh, the note. X and the O mean? Hmm. So the X is uh, the keys on the right hand side. The X's are hits. That means like you got it, and the O's are misses. What? That's supposed to be the opposite. What? No, X is wrong. Circle is good. Oh, circle is, is good. Yes. Zero is bad. So, like circle is a good thing, or like a check mark. Like that's you did, that's you a did, you did the worst positive thing. You did the worst thing. You should just send a check mark. I didn't. There's no checkmark letter. I'm only gonna like find the symbol or, and then copy or you could paste have done it the in. Be- the easiest binary thing: Y and N. I could have done that. Oh my god! All right, so we're all seeing this. For Are the you first serious? Time. Hold on. Destroyed I just want to let everyone who's listening now. We're seeing this for the first time, and this is a really good Excel spreadsheet that actually. Oh, absolutely. We should actually send this out to people because this is actually really good. Um, yeah, actually, no, I want you guys to notes. so I want you guys to like check it before you send it to anyone because I did this like on a bus ride. It's fair. It's fine. This is like right. I'm looking at it through the first five seconds. It's pretty good. Um, uh, summary's at the very bottom. Okay, so summary. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I am uh, spelling total Rogers correct. wrong. There's no D in Rogers. Damn it. Fifteen percent correct. <laughs> I like Oh no, one point two five. Like the signifier very impressive and not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Anthony, Anthony got the exact plot at the first hour of this movie, but thought they would go back to before the snap happened to prevent it from happening. Seven out of ten. Really darn close. Borderline too close. I think Anthony had spoilers. I didn't have spoilers. I did not. I swear to God, I would never. Spoil okay, okay. It go back to so if you go back to the and I should have got the timestamp, but it's right after our break. And Chris says, um, "All right, I have a proposal for how to do the rest of this episode." And Anthony, you jump in and you're like, "We should just say what we think the plot of the movie is going to be." And Chris says, "No." That would take too long. We should talk about the mechanics. And then you jump in with what you think the plot of the movie is going to be. Because and I don't it's listen just, to people. It's just the synopsis <laughs> of the movie. It's exactly right. Go back and listen to that because it is, I swear to God, if I went to IMDb right now, it would be what you said. Yeah. So, you know, as I said in the, as I wow. said in the prediction podcast, it was just like, oh, they try to fight Thanos, they lose five years later happens scott wake awakens they go back in time they grab the infinity stones they yeah specifically (laughs) they use the quantum realm to go back in time and collect the infinity stones yeah that's a crazy good guess i mean i don't think that was a guess based upon the trailers and the pre and like the stuff that people were we're theorizing from like fucking august and october like this is like 
what kills me is so there's a great New York Times. Uh, I I sent it to you guys, Chris. Did you get an opportunity to read the interview with uh, with the, with Absolutely the screenwriters? Not. I saw. I read the yeah. whole thing. I recommend it. But uh, so apparently, Kevin Feige is the one who said, "Hey, I'd like to incorporate time travel into this movie so that we can sort of like play the hits on the MCU." And he, I, I don't know whether the screenwriters inserted this or whether it's Kevin Feige's thought, but he thought that they should use the Time Stone, which is what I thought they were going to do. I was like, maybe he sent the Time Stone into the future wait, so that wait, they could wait, use wait, wait. it to travel. Why didn't y'all think that the Quantum Realm was going to be used at all for time travel? I thought that'd be more confusing than would. the Time Stone. But they Kevin just Feige's, did it. They were Kevin just like, Feige fuck you guys. We're going to. said the Quantum Realm is going to be super important. And it's like. Y'all didn't put two and two together, and like when when uh when uh when um when Hank said, "Oh, don't get stuck into a time vortex. You can end up like in like we don't know where you'll end up." And it's like, "Holy shit!" And it's like, "Yeah, obviously they'll be using time travel." It was very obvious. Oh yeah, that's why I didn't bother predicting. It was predicting. very, o- it was very <laughs> obvious in Ant Man and the Wasp that they were gonna be after Ant Man and the Wasp they were gonna be using time travel in Endgame. I was kind of wary about it. The thing that I did not expect, though, was this how fucking precise it was going to be. They had literally had a GPS, a time-space GPS on their wrists. Yeah, the Quantum yep. Realm goes... I thought it was going yeah. to be... I, I knew there was going to be a Greatest Hits kind of deal, but I didn't know they would be, like, like doing a precise time heist. Time heist was a great idea. That's... Oh. What a great name. What, what a, a great name. I'm so glad they I, put that in the movie. I'm so glad Scott said it, too. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Sort and of it's like on a, the Sort of like a time heist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what are some other highlights of um, uh, predictions that we got right um, or wrong? Because, um... All, all six Avengers did not die. I said Banner is now um, CGI forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, I got it, right? So, boom, bing, boom. Because uh, I figured Professor Hulk was going to happen. Mm-hmm. New Asgard on Earth. I got that one. Um, yeah, I actually, specific- I actually I mean, thought it was going to be... I actually thought it was going to be over Oklahoma. I didn't think it was going to be in actual Norway. <laughs> and the so way here's the question. was predicted was I did not get. Yeah. Is that the exact spot Odin died? I think it's nearby. No... It is near. Oh, me. It could be because they didn't specify where. Right. Norway, but it's more closer to where the tesseract was. Yeah. Oh, that um, makes sense. What do okay. you call it? Uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. Fair. Um, <laughs> Thanos doesn't die. Technically, double. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and then the, yeah, you got the Nebula and Gamora. Both are correct because right. they will, will die or won't die, and like that. That was a that was a difficult part to score. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, Nick Fury comes back last. Oh, Anthony, you were so happy. When oh you my won god! Your life. Yes, Anthony, come on! you come did it. On! You did so well, but I was so mad at you for shouting in the middle of Tony Stark's funeral. Oh my god! <laughs> but here's the, that was not what, worthwhile. You know, what, you know what? You know what's a very appropriate thing for me is for me to shout at a funeral. Um, which I sound, I guess that's consistent. Like the, which sounds like the shittiest thing possible, but it's also like very in character for me. And like people, you're the guy who flips off in a family photo. Uh, we we will not talk about that. Oh my! God, <laughs> I told my true. cousin to edit that out. She did not listen to me. 
I thought. Look, yeah, we, we took Anthony. six. We took six photos that day. It was the it was the sixth <laughs> photo. You think that the fifth or the fourth photo was good, or the third photo was good, or the second photo was good? Oh no, the sixth photo was good. And I said, you know, as a joke, maybe I should just flip, have my one finger up, like kind of like bunny ears in the back. But you know what? They they used that photo. And my cousin didn't edit it out, and now it is plastered on a canvas in my grandparents' Immortalized. house. Immortalized. So, you know, my grandparents don't know, but the rest of my family does, and it's very funny. Uh, Love how you said, we're not going to talk about it, and then you wasted a whole minute explaining Well, <laughs> Well, you know, happened. that's me. Um, but yeah, you know, of all mm. the people to say... Like I knew it at and like yell out loud in the middle of a funeral, that would be me. Uh Vision did not return and you mark that as correct for me for some reason. Oh really? But, yeah, and then you also said that Vision stays dead was also correct for yourself. Oh, uh so, yeah, no, that's my that's my bad. Uh Vision does not return. What you do a man. Yeah. Um Anthony owes Thomas a dollar. Uh, Strange passes a message to the quantum. Yeah, yeah. So if you'll recall, uh, oh, listeners, yeah, I do feel free to check. What was the other? Um, it's okay because uh, at the beginning you did your your plot summary, and I said I'll bet you fifty dollars that doesn't happen. And some of it didn't happen, but some of it did. So I owe you some amount of fifty dollars. Thomas, pay up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So Bing Bang. You spelled Umbaku horribly wrong. It's yeah, I didn't do. I didn't have internet access on the bus. I had downloaded the episode and <laughs> had Excel, so I couldn't check anything that I was doing. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that oh was. My God, I, I, I got I so many of these right. I'm just so happy. Ugh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You're reading so much discourse, man. I am pretty sure someone knew. Someone knew. <laughs> someone knew <laughs> what, what years was ago. On. Five years, too specific. What? You got five years. Anthony, right. there, was an article, also, there was an article I read from October that said that it was going to be five years. Uh, Anthony, I, I also know that you were joking, but you did say the prophecy foretells. So I counted it as a prediction that Valkyrie and Captain Marvel would get together. Oh, no. I uh, <laughs> Well, I, I, I was hopeful for that, and I'm sad it didn't. Fair. Oh, of course not. No, there is a different exclusively gay moment. In, no, we will not. We will talk about that when it's ready because I'm upset about that as well. <laughs> I'll never be ready. All right, so let's talk about the moments that stood out for us. Uh, you guys talk because I'm gonna eat the sa- the salad, and um, I've been talking for like too long. <laughs> uh, speaking of eating salad, uh, I was shocked that uh, it is Thor. Um, Thor's a big boy. I like Thor as Thor, a big. I like um, Thor as a big boy, but I don't like. But I don't like that he is. I think it's fine for Thor to be a big boy, but they made the joke that he was a big boy, and I did not like that. Sorry, Chris and Thomas talk. Yeah, uh, it's. Mm, uh, uh, okay, so. <sighs> Thor was not in a good spot, so he drank a lot of beer. And Chris Hemsworth, I guess, put on a fat suit. And for the remainder of the movie, Thor was large, not necessarily in charge, 
and a lot of jokes were made at his expense, where, like, he was drinking all the time, he looked like the Big Lebowski, uh, which, you know, because of Jeff Bridges' casting, throws a lot of things into question now, and, you know, he he got falling asleep, he was a lazy bum, and he's basically a long-running fat joke. Uh, of course, he does get his... Uh, he does power up at the end when they have to fight Thanos. He, like, dual wields... Um, Braids his beard. Stormbreaker and a and a time-displaced Mjolnir. Uh, but, you know, he's still, still got a belly, uh, even all the way to the end of the movie. And th- there is a way you can probably try to um, make that into a positive thing. We're like, oh... Now all these people who think they couldn't cosplay as Thor, they can cosplay as Thor now, and like that's a good thing for like for body positivity. But the way the the actual movie on screen did it, uh, I was just like I was not happy. Yeah, I will I will briefly (laughs) interject and say because I was talking to one of my other friends about Thor and says you know um, when they were going through uh, severe amounts of depression and severe trauma from other instances in their life. They gained a lot of weight and thought that that was an interesting like use of like, you know what happens when people go through that. But the way that the rest of the film portrayed it as a joke was not great. And they should have more gone on how, Oh shit, Thor is not in a good place and not like, ha ha ha. Look how dumb he is. Ha ha ha. Look how funny he is. Look how fat he is. Which, yeah. yeah. I was also trying to, I was like, you know, um, he, he has a different uh, physiology, so, like, maybe his metabolism wouldn't have, I don't know, but it could have made him, they, like, ugh, just, why did they yeah. do that? Like, and, come on. And to add um, the... Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about good stuff because it stood out, it's supposed to connotate well, let's, good well, stuff. I think but, it's good um, to... I, now, let's, let's, talk let's talk about this. I don't my Google Doc is not important. Um, well, I wait, think... Wait, 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 briefly, briefly. <laughs> um... Marcus and McFeely both said in their in like their screenwriter New York Times thing, um, some very like they didn't really acknowledge the point that I just made about like oh what happens when people get super depressed and going through like severe trauma they do gain some weight they didn't talk about that they just said ha 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 Thor gets fat and I'm like that's not great. sure right um, so. Yeah. If you're talking about artist intention, there was no artist intention to use weight gain as sort of a way to show like mental anguish. It was it was very much like for the humor of it. And I, I do think um, you like people who have been through serious depression and gained a lot of weight or maybe are going through it could look at Thor and especially his sort of redemptive arc with his mom um towards the end just to be like all right like i gotta shake this and maybe that takes like stepping away from my responsibilities for a bit to like be well and to be myself and that could be really inspiring but yeah i i agree this is in no way body positivity that's not it did not come close to that. Uh, there were a lot of just right bad yeah. jokes about and it. And I, I would hope that like the fandom and the cosplay community would reclaim that. I think that is something that is wholly possible. But... I will say I kind of liked the look, and I thought it was a little more like traditional Asgardian to be like this big beefy guy rather than like a more it's got a Viking beard. Yeah, I actually really liked that. Uh, he looks like his warrior buddy. I don't the big one who. Volstagg. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was kind of nice, and but uh, yeah, like the eat a salad joke and whatever else was not awesome. Right. 
Uh, positive stuff, perhaps? Yeah. Let's switch it up a little bit, because I think we kind of started with a downer, but I thought that... <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, at first, you think that the, the beginning is just going to be like in, in a straight-up Infinity War sequel, and then they, they do the thing where they burst into the hut. They violently chop off his arm. They find out the stones are gone, and they violently chop off his head. And then um, listening to the gasp at five years later at the title card, yeah, um, felt very like I, I will I will go on a tangent later of, about like my opinions on shock value, but in the moment like that that um, it gave that consequence from Infinity War so much more weight. The fact that the universe had to stick with it for five years. So by the time you get to that the end of that time skip, like um, you know, everyone like it's 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 what you expected and a lot more because you're like, okay, everyone's dead, everyone's sad, but then you have the extra ele- element of everyone had to live like this for five whole years. Yeah, Cassie lost her dad. Yeah, I mean that was a that like um Paul Rudd's um little opening there. Uh, you know, like a little comic moment where he, um, where he escapes, and then you know Ken Jong needs to get him out because he has a cardboard sign that says "Help." And uh, by the by the time he like he's walking on the streets, he can't get a straight answer from this like really sad kid, and he finds like all of these uh, all these mem- uh, memorials in San Francisco. That was just like a a really powerful sequence, especially he's like he's like running like to to find his daughter, and it's this very um, it's this very like dramatic high, and the the I, props to Alan Silvestri for the the musical score. Oh, the score! I will talk about and, it later. But the score was absolutely incredible for this movie. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, yeah, and and finding uh, older Cassie, um. I, I thought that was a really effective moment, and I was so surprised that like they gave Ant Man so much like dramatic heft in the beginning of this movie. Honestly, so for me, I was expecting uh, that if if time travel was going to be involved, I expected them to undo the snap. Um, and knowing that they decided to keep the five years that had had come before. Um, that moment in retrospect is so much more impactful to know that Cassie had to grow up without her father there um, is incredibly meaningful at the time that it happened. I was like, Oh, you know, like this is a good moment, but like, we're, we're going to wipe this out. Surely yeah, we're going to wipe this everyone out. Everyone talks about like how the MCU doesn't have consequences. This is a, that like that. Those five years are pretty big consequences, even though that the people come back, what does that mean to come back five years after you died? Yeah, we had a fun discussion immediately after the movie about, like, the kids who have to go back to school, but, like, the friends that survived are, like, graduated from the school that they're in or whatever. Like, Peter Parker's going to be in the class of the vanished or something like that, where... <laughs> wow. jeez. Oh, and, like, how weird is that Dude. to, like, be in a class of kids? Like, if that happened... How weird is it to be like, oh, like a lot of the friends I was going to school with are like have jobs now or at, or at university or just gone um, and I missed so much time with them. And then to sit in a room with a bunch of other people to be like, hey, we were dead for five years. All of us, mm-hmm. you know, 
God. Then the uh, people who probably remarried. Uh, Ooh, people yeah. who really didn't move on. People who, uh, I, I don't know, like there, there's so many. Um, this was a three-hour movie, and they just had to focus it on just the Avengers part. You know, you can't really have too much time spent on the the state of the world. I mean, I obviously wish that they had they had done, and Tune that's you know, in, in comic of books. Of that's what that's what that's what tie-ins are for in comics. Uh, and and uh, can't Disney really get Plus. That so. Ideally, that would be the TV shows, but they're never going to you know properly tie them in. So it it's um it works well within the confines of the character drama. Maybe not so much of the wider world building is what I'm trying to say. Here. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Agents of Shield is mm-hmm. coming back, but they were gone for just like the entire duration between Infinity War and Endgame. Are they going to do yes. some version of the snap or no? Have they just Here's the thing. Here here's what I know. So, the end of season 5 took place around in in the very Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of way. It took place during Infinity War where there are like references to it during the show, but it did not end with a snap. Recently, Jeff Loeb said at some convention that um, Season 6 takes place one year after Season 5. And um, they asked, hey, what's the tie-in with Endgame? And Jeff Loeb said, the time jump is the tie-in with Endgame. We have now seen Endgame. So either... Either... um, Either this... Either Season 6 actually takes place post-Snap... And all of the main characters and some of the supporting characters are miraculously survivors of the snap. Or Jeff Loeb lied and it's actually five years later. Or the writers did not know that it will be five years and <laughs> they got it wrong. <laughs> Embarrassingly wrong. It's probably that one. So I am really hoping that Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. fills in some gaps. I am hoping... I am hoping so much because I, I love that show and I want it to stay MCU canon and not be all messed up. Uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. We should go but, back to uh, moments. The, th- the five years later. What are you about to say? No, I was saying we should go back to the moments that stood out for us. Wait. Yeah. Wait sure. before we go there. Before <laughs> oh we go my God. there. Hold up. Um. They've already done time travel in Agents of Shield, and it didn't work the way that time travel in Endgame worked. Just putting it out there. Anyway, um, <laughs> moments that stood out that, to but I don't us. Know. I very much enjoyed um, Gamora and Nebula and Thanos' army fighting in that one, like, 2014, where are they now clip. Um, that was really fun mm. because I felt like that was an aspect of the world that those characters and in a sense this entire like plot hinged on was they all fought for Thanos together and were really good at that but we never got to see it um and now we did for just like a couple seconds but it was great it was good world building I liked it I kind of wish they were actually alongside the Black Order because they are children of Thanos so like are they the siblings of Nebula and Gamora this is a good question yeah, like, it's just like a Bowser Jr. Kooplings kind of thing in the Mario universe, like, it's... I like that one. I'm no, so sorry no, for that comparison. Yeah. 
What other moments? So, I mean, it was they they did the time travel in a very smart way, and they 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 were able to implement a lot of the older characters. Like like I mentioned, Tilda Swinton as the ancient one, you know, dubious casting for sure, but uh, it was it was a surprise that they got that legacy character back. They got Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce back. Did you? (laughs) So okay, back. The Robert Redford one is my favorite because. Uh, when in the screenwriter's interview, Marcus McFeely said that they were listening to this like Hollywood buzz about some other movie being Robert Redford's like last movie ever before retirement. And they, their, their ah. quote is, we looked at each other just giggling because we knew <laughs> that ours would be the last. Oh, man. Wow. Those bastards. Yeah. Endgame can afford <laughs> Wait, sign anything. off Redford with a cameo. But I, I don't know if it's really a cameo if you actually have line, if they have like a full scene, but you know, Natalie, semantics. Natalie but who else was there? Uh, they brought back a deleted scene from the from the Dark World to pretend to have Natalie Portman back. But uh, apparently, oh, was all that they what did, that was? Who said, Yes, I found the deleted scene where she just oh wakes up and like looks around Asgard. But apparently, all they did, all the Rousseau's did, was they got her. Natalie Portman to do a voiceover where she's thanking the Asgardians for like clothes or whatever. Like you can hear that when Thor and Rocket are like trying to sneak around. So That's actually, amazing. Natalie Portman was never on set. As yeah, as she said, she would not. And in the at the premiere, <laughs> I was about to say amazing performance. <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> I just oh man, there's a part of me that really got like catharsis when like. Rocket was like, all we gotta do is sneak in there and I'll stab her with this. And his, like, thing, like, pops out yeah. with, like, three spears on it. I was like, yeah, Natalie Portman. I know. Oh, man. Uh, people people saw that entire sequence where, where, like, drunk Lebowski Thor is explaining the plot of the Dark World. And he's kind of, like, like meandering through the plot. And everyone's kind of rolling their eyes. And Scott Lang's the only one, like, interested in hearing it. They all... You know, he goes, like, and uh, there are the Dark Elves... Ooh, <laughs> and people were kind of interpreting that as like kind of a knock on the dark world, which we should say was also co-written by Marcus McFeely. Which um, actually, I not being I think that joke would it'd probably land better if I watched it again, because I'm still just kind of like mm. at that time I'm just reeling about Thor just being a butt character. Yeah. Oh yeah. sure. I yeah. yeah. I definitely need to see yeah. this again. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also saw Rumlo and uh, Sitwell and all the strike dudes in the elevator. And we thought, oh my mm-hmm. god, they're going to do the, the elevator, elevator scene again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then they, Steve says... What a twist. Steve says, hail Hydra, because he knows. Uh, yes. So that means yeah. there's going to be a what if uh, animated show where Steve is uh, part of uh, Hydra. I don't want that. I want to forget that Steve Rogers was ever Hydra in the comics. So uh, well, here's the thing. Here's no, a, clearly a, a nod to that, though. Here's a tangent. It was clearly a nod to it, but here's a tangential thing. You know when uh, Steve uh, does the 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 Jedi mind trick using the Mind Stone on uh, his older self? Mm-hmm. What oh, if sure. that makes it so that he actually becomes Hydra? Nah. Why? That would. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, all of this is non-canon. Well, it would all be just a what if. Okay. Okay. 
given the success of the predictions episode, you know what, Anthony? I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to bet that maybe that happens. All right, if you I'll, said it. It might happen. Through, I will go through all the what ifs later. Um, speaking of Hydra, I had a I had an interesting thought about well. So Tony gets to actually have like a conversation with his dad about fatherhood. He gets to daddy his yeah. dad. I thought that which was, was so touching. super super interesting and the kind of thing that only this plotline could pull out. And I like that they kind of wove it into the story pretty well as well. But uh, his dad had just a very interesting set of lines. I don't think Howard Stark was obviously in the first Avenger, but um, like adult Howard Stark was not a very big presence in any of the other movies he other was than in Iron like, Man 2. Legacy. In Iron Man 2. Yeah, for like a couple seconds. But um, I thought it was interesting how... So he's a scientist working with Zola uh, and talks about how he's made a bunch of mistakes in his life and how you know his own self-interest has outweighed the greater good so much and he doesn't you know think he's going to be a good parent, whatever. And I, that got me thinking, like maybe he was Hydra too. Uh, they never, they never confirmed that or Operation did anything. Paperclip, man. Um, but the, in my head canon, that he was Hydra until Tony was born, and then he tried to go straight, and they killed him for it. But um, uh, mm, mm, not, buying not buying that. that but uh, sure. Speaking of Tony, uh, one of the moments that struck out to me the most was his conversation with Pepper in their cabin, uh, where he like makes like distracted small talk with her literally just facing like a different direction uh and then oh by the way i figured it out like there's just there's the most robert downey jr delivery ever so that was fantastic but then the conversation they have after that is like these two characters who have both been through so much and understand the gravity of everything that's going on having like a like a very couples conversation where they're like, are, are we going to, you know, go through with this or not? Um, I really enjoyed that scene. I thought it was full of heart, not a big action set piece, but, uh, one of the moments that stood out to me for sure. I, I think when Morgan Stark came out, when the little, little girl came out of the tent, I think everyone was like kind of gasping and like saying like, Oh, he has such an adorable little kid. I think I said, I think I audibly said, Oh no. <laughs> because I knew that like one or the other like I knew this could not end happily. Yeah, I, so in my head I was just like because my prediction was that it would undo the t- the the time instance that they jumped through. The 5 years that I pr- I also predicted that that they would basically go grab the stones and then erase those 5 years and like the thing was that oh Tony would stay in that 5 year gap. Or because like he, you couldn't leave that permanence, um, and they decided to just leave mm. the permanence and but kill Tony. So, just interesting. Right. It's it's um my my dad when I saw it on Saturday night he was predicting in in the middle of the movie that um Tony would have to give up the existence of his daughter. And I'm glad they did not I'm do that because well. I think that would have been going back to the. Infinity War theme of sacrificing other people, whereas Endgame, as I predicted, was more about self-sacrifice, um, as you can as demonstrated by the Clint Natasha scene at the at the yeah. Stone, I, thought that, I thought that was also really uh, well done. Place. Yeah. 
What a That's stressful a, scene, yeah. man. Yeah, I was. Yeah. It was done. It was done like beat for beat as the Thanos Gamora one, but the the the, the difference was that um, Gamora did not have agency. You know, he, she was thrown off by Thanos, whereas like Nat and Clint, they both had. Uh, they both had agency. They both were. <laughs> it was like a different. I can, I can only imagine Red Skull just like watching the scene and being like, "Yo, <laughs> what's wrong with you two? And and um, everyone was everyone was like in in the in the uh, in the theater. They were all going wild. You know, they're like, "Oh God, oh he's gonna go. Oh God, she's gonna right. go. Oh God, they're both gonna go. Oh God." It made you really like. Every time they switched off, there was, like, a part of you that dreaded it and a part of you that was like, well, one of them's going over. So, like, is it is this the better option? Like, you, as they were fighting amongst each other to see, you were also, like, internally fighting about, like, who you, which of your characters you wanted to kill off to make this happen. You know, what would be knowing, the better of the two? Knowing the ending, you know, it makes sense for Nat to go off, and I think that's what Nat thought. She knew that, you know, we're going to reverse the snap and bring everyone back your family is going to need to see you there you're not just um you can't just disappear from their from their lives i definitely agree one of the two best quotes and i'm going to be i'm going to be quoting this interview the entire podcast i'm so sorry about no, this no i think i think it's a good uh, i think it's a good article yeah yeah cr- credit to new York times but um marcus and mcfeely said they did have a version of the script where Hawkeye went over and they showed it to they showed the script to a few people. And I think their visual effects director was a woman who said, don't you dare take this away from her about black widow's sacrifice. Wow, yeah. Really? Um, and they, they sort of changed it because they realized that if she wanted to do this, that she should be allowed to do this. If it made sense for the character to like want that, if this fight between them was real, she should win. Um, and I I love that sentiment. Yeah. About it. Again, going back to the whole idea of agency, you know, like I, there was that similar moment in the first in sorry in Infinity War, where Thanos has Gamora captive and she wants Peter Quill to to kill her. And apparently, Marcus Maffili originally wrote that he did not want to, and it was James Gunn and Chris Pratt who said, no, he would do it. And the reason why I like that decision better is because it, it's respecting Gamora's wishes. Again, it's giving her agency. It's what she wants. Mm-hmm. And they didn't let the man, um, played by Chris Pratt, you know, take that away. I think that was a better decision. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That was, uh, and, and, and I, I kind of wish that, like, it wasn't exactly shot for shot and, like, the same musical score, but, like, you know, it still worked. I mean, it was just, it was the same scene, but with different context, so maybe that was kind of what they were going for. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I, I agree that it's, like, a boring, dull purple planet, um, and so, like, having another extended scene on there is not fun, but, um... How did they not recognize Red Skull? Did they pay not pay attention to Shield Academy? <laughs> oh, history I, lesson for you. I was um so when I walked out of the the theater, I started like in my head I was going through the like the flaws because this, this is what I generally do with the movie, and I gave myself a little mental like slap to be like, dude, they got so much in there, like you can't they can't put more things that you wanted out of this movie into this movie. It was as good as it was going to get. 
But my immediate thought in that scene was, I can't believe they didn't send Captain America to go, like, see Red Skull was there and have that follow-up. Well, he does have to go drop off that Soul Stone again. That's true! We're never gonna see it. Never gonna see it. We could. Off-screen. But hey, maybe we'll ask Chris Chris Evans, hey, what would Steve Rogers say when he went to go drop off the Soul Stone to Red Skull? And what would Red Skull reply? I think that would be interesting. Are you asking us? Are you saying we would ask Chris Evans should he ever meet him? No, we (laughs) should go right now to his house and ask him. Yes. We'll come back. We'll pause the recording and come back when we're done. (sighs) Yeah, well. Anyway, not worth speculating on. I think I'd rather talk about the rest of the time heist, which I generally enjoyed. I really liked how one of the groups screwed up. Yeah. And uh, Loki made off with the uh, the space stone. I thought that was kind of funny. The the it's the way they ho- they set that whole thing up. Like you think that the Hulk going downstairs was just a gag, but it actually um, it actually did mess some things <laughs> up. I thought that was a funny moment. Which is also funny because like imagine that scene. That scene happened immediately after 2012 Avengers. Yeah. So yeah. I had yeah, all right. So I really liked. A, um, that the Ancient One was in this movie, and that she was not... Because I was expecting, like, a fight between the Ancient One and the Hulk, and I was like, oh, what a weird pairing of people to fight against each other, because, like, he's not going to overwhelm her with strength, she's, like, a, a magic person, but instead it became a discussion between Banner's intelligence and hers, um, and I realized that none of the other people... Um, especially Tony, I think, could have had that conversation and convinced her. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Which, so, great on that count, and we got a little bit of a fun exposition on how the I, I thought that the exposition was, like, fun, and the rules were just kind of like, oh, okay, this is easy to understand, and, like, it, it's it's like the, the chalkboard scene in Back to the Future 2, where uh doc is is like this is the timeline and this is when biff <laughs> went back and dropped off the the almanac and it's made this tangent in this alternate 1985 and so it's just like that yeah kind of got a great scott from you <laughs> um it, they <laughs> no, <not> doing it. <laughs> they had to do it and okay. all things considered i think they did it in the best way that they could do it so yes. good good on them for that mm. um and then the other part I enjoyed a lot was just everything about uh, Steve in that scene. I think Tony, like, sneaking up on people, like, in his apartment was fine at best. But Steve really shined with, um, you know, Hail Hydra and fighting his past self and just being much smarter about everything than his past self was. Um, I, I enjoyed that. A lot. Do you think it made sense that they were equally matched in combat because this was a cap that was 11 years older, but at the same time, five years had passed and he probably hasn't done that much fighting. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I was thinking that about Thor as well when he goes up against Thanos at the end because I was like, all right, mm. like Thanos with all six Infinity Stones almost lost to Thor. Are you expecting to tell me that Thanos with no Infinity Stones is going to beat Thor and Captain America and Iron Man? But they really sold 
like Thor being out of shape and not like in prime condition. So I kind of bought that that was a more even match. And he also caught him by surprise. And also Thanos had a weapon. Yeah, that was a great weapon. God, I love that. Propeller. I thought he could spin it too fast, but it was a very fun thing to watch. Spin it so fast, it just starts <laughs> flying away. I, uh, um, like a Thanos copter. Um, what are some other things that I just I really liked about this movie? Because there was. I remember when um, "Come and Get Your Love" starts playing at yeah. the end of the. And you you Asgard said it to me. You said it to me. Middle of theater. The, he, we're hearing it now, yes. but uh, Nebula and uh, Nebula and Rhodey are not going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna. I was like, okay, it's gonna cut to. Um, you you can't hear music, and Chris Pratt looks like a dumbass uh, singing by himself, and then they did exactly <laughs> that like a split second later. It's, it's, it's a trope. Uh, and then Rhodey you said, want, you want me to give you a like, green a X, very Chris. simple line. Oh, does that count as a predict as like a mid? It, it does. It was like it was a little bit like a "Do you want a trophy?" line for for calling that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I still, it was still a funny moment, but I was like, okay, yeah, I know what they're doing. I know what Fair. they're about to I, do. I did not feel so, like chalk that one up for me to make up for um, you erroneously saying <laughs> that uh, Vision came back. Um, which um, I did not. I don't buy... think I guessed that Vision came back. I thought it was going to stay dead. You I know? did not buy War Machine Nebula as a pairing. Um, and they tried to do, she was like, I wasn't always like this. And he's like, neither would I. I'm like, all right, it's different. It's not the same, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they had, yeah, it was, <laughs> they yeah. Had, yeah. You know, like when, when they're drowning, when he and Rocket are drowning, it's like, see you on the other side. Like that meant nothing to well, me. It's like, okay, yes, they spent five years off screen, but it's like, Rhodey did not really have a relationship with any of these dudes. If unfortunately. you Unfortunately, me. I mean, like I... I think that was kind of like touching, like you know, you you even though you're like, I mean, that's that's one of the criticisms of this movie is that we missed a lot of the stuff that happened in those five years, um, and like we're missing character development, fun interactions between characters, and it's like we got like elements of that, and like that was an example of like a really sweet element of like these two people have been with each other for a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so like they they're they're friends now and he's just uh and yeah know. sure and i think that's, that's valid I, Maybe, yeah, yeah so like part of me is just like oh that's so sweet and touching we missed all of that that kind of sucks so like that's like the part of the fan part of me that's just like oh i love it still so but yeah there's uh what other yeah I mean, obviously there's yeah. the there's the Avengers Assemble moment where everyone comes out of the giant portals, um, which is oh, obviously man. a great moment. Um, Undervalued is the moment immediately beforehand where Cap gets up and faces the entire army on his own. Uh, obviously, like the catharsis of that scene is like desktop the cavalry, wallpaper. But what a shot! Honestly, like the just the shot of him silhouetted standing against like the hordes of evil amazing shot i chills went down my spine i was like this is perfect as long as there's one man left oh man it's like they didn't even need to say the quote they just needed to show that image but when when sam said on your left (laughs) 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 my favorite movie winter soldier oh They had a lot of references to Winter Soldier. Like, I, I said in my interview, like this, 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 this movie played some tricks, some cheap tricks, but they all worked yeah, on me. I, like that, 
I, that worked on me totally um, because yeah. I, I want I want to mention how the acting was. Oh, sorry, Chris, go. Yeah, because we we all expected Cap to say Avengers yes. Assemble, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a great moment. But I will say there's a there's a giant group of people. He yells Avengers, and then he just kind of says Assemble in like a normal volume. This is true. And I, I I could imagine like one random extra being like, "What? What did you say? Avengers? What?" And then but they also know, obviously that didn't happen because they all charged and... a little bit. Okay, it was great line. It was we were all expecting it. They already assembled. They're all they, yeah. They already no assembled. What, is, what are you saying? Like open the portals <laughs> hey, and hey, then have him shout I it. Criticize that. <laughs> I criticize one of the coolest moments in cinematic history. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's a battle cry, not a command. It yeah, is, it's a battle cry, and it's all. And I will, I will right. stand by that but point. But I expected a battle cry, not a battle whisper. <laughs> I was a little upset it was quiet. I wanted him to. I imagine it. they did a bunch of takes where, like, I imagine they did a bunch of takes where, like, they had to decide what volume he would be yelling "assemble." If it's like a triumphant but he's yell, also tired. or if it's like a subtle like His shield is broken yell, in half. Like, well, they did, but. Oh. Yeah. 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 Honestly, uh, oh. just should have said you Bombay would have been would have been better. Sure. Yeah. No. No. Let's, don't let him appropriate That's their true. culture. That's true. They there were a lot of good action beats in that sequence, like uh, freaking Ant Man punching the Leviathan. Uh, yeah. Gets, uh, yeah. Really there was gets... so much background stuff in that sequence. It, well, that's what the the Russos are known for. They're known for when the action sequences happen. There's background stuff that if you watch that sequence on like a 60 inch screen tv and you're like pausing it and watching it you'll see other characters doing other fighting while you're yeah. watching like other like there's the foreground and the background which is what they did with civil war like that's that cool i thing. saw um there was there was some shot that where like the foreground was i think it was either spider-man or captain america it was it was someone on the ground and just in a tiny quarter over their shoulder, I saw, like, a big gorilla thing go down. And Mantis, like, antenna glowing, was, like, holding her hands on his head. And then it just cuts away. And I was like, that's amazing. Mantis is taking down fools with empathy in the background of these shots. Like, <laughs> what are the... I didn't notice her at, I at know. all during the movie. This is why so I'm like, so... I, I wish I could have I'm seen gonna that. I'm going to buy this movie. And it's the... Like, I want to, like, own all the MCU movies just to be like, oh, I own the MCU movies. But, like, I'm going to buy this movie specifically so that I can watch and rewatch this battle and just pick apart everything that's going on. Because there was so much. Yeah, so now so now I'm, I'm assuming we're just going to be talking about... The, we're, we're in the thick of this battle. Um, so, Chris, you mentioned in your review, and I mentioned it specifically to you, as soon as the movie ended, I said this out loud to everyone in our row and everyone with us, that that final battle sequence really reminded me of Ready Player One, but the significant <laughs> difference, the significant <laughs> difference of all the characters that we've seen over the past 10 years in this fight sequence is that, like, oh yeah, in Ready Player One, we've known these characters forever, but the power of what's driving you to see that scene in ready player one is just nostalgia there's no emotional there could be emotional weight but it's like very vague and very all up in the air whereas with this it's like you're seeing characters that you've witnessed deal with emotional 
emotional stakes now fight together with a bunch of other characters that, you know, tag teaming and doing great things. It's not like, I don't know, Master Chief and the Iron Giant and uh, the... The ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. uh, Because in Ready Player One, it was literally, like, just the appearances of the characters. Like, they were avatars for players that we did not care about and did not know and had no stake in. And if they all died, everyone would be fine because it's a video game. Like, it's... Like, even... I, it's just so you're right the imagery is very similar but there could not be a bigger difference in impact exactly exactly and yeah and i just i thought it was i don't know i just thought like like a lot of people have been talking about how this movie was just so uh is like this like is a cinema moment of our like the cinema moment of our generation where other moments have happened over the like to other you know people older than us of like you know Star Wars and stuff, but like we got we got to sit down and see this movie, and I thought that was you know that's kind of touching, in a in a great way. We we did do that. We sat down and we we watched, watched the movie. movie. No, just, I agree. It yes. was I, honestly like okay. So Chris, your piece and a lot of the vibe that I've been hearing from people, even I think. Um, I think the creators, in to some degree, knew this was the case where this oh, was, yes. they they call. said this was a movie for fans, um, and and you know your piece sort of it's self congratulatory fan service. I I felt when that fight scene was happening, I started to get that vibe, and I was like, all right, so this is just like what crazy like action figures all splashing together, like the airport battle on on. speed like but it was like it this was everything that the mcu was promised to be like the mcu went full comic book and not one punch not one moment or line was um not something that resonated with me and i was like if they are gonna do one of these this is it this is exactly what it should be for this movie in this moment in time and I rode right at the top of the wave for that entire fight sequence. Yeah. And, um, like, like, the argument that you yes, like, oh, non-fans won't like it. But, like, here's the thing. Non-fans won't like it, but also there's a lot of people that are fans of these. Like, this movie made a big... I don't even think it matters to me personally. Like, the movie yeah, was exactly. successful at what it wanted to be, which was perfect for those who had been following along the whole way yes yes and i think but like i i think the the point i'm trying to get is that like you know people will say ah it's just like cheap fan service like people a lot of people went to go see this movie means a lot of people are like like this like this to an extent to go and see this movie they liked it more than they enjoyed infinity war um which is something interesting to you know you know take hold of um well, yeah, because Infinity War was kind of a bummer. I mean, actually, <laughs> I've said this multiple times, but my, my, my supervisor actually disagrees with me. He actually says that he likes Infinity War more than this, but he did like this movie. Whereas, for me, I actually, I actually dislike Infinity War more because of this movie. Because this movie has everything that Infinity War has that I liked, and none of the things that Infinity War had that I didn't like in Infinity War. What the hell does that no, mean? No, I, I understood <laughs> it. 
It, like, it had all it of Infinity have, War's strengths have... and none of its flaws. Yes. It, that doesn't mean that sure. Endgame didn't have its own flaws. It just didn't have the same flaws as Infinity War. I mean, to me, Infinity War is like the the big mega crossover where like you had a lot more character interactions and a lot more strange pairings. Endgame was a little more intimate with like the climax being kind of the, the fantasy that Infinity War was missing because... You know, in Infinity War, they were all disparate for story reasons, but they funneled everyone in at the end of Endgame, and that was kind of the that was the fantasy, I guess, people were looking for. So, I I kind of liked the meat of Infinity War a little mm-hmm. better, but I enjoyed the end of that spectacle in Endgame mm-hmm. a little more. Okay. So it's 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 part, tough, you know. Like, and I'm not sure people consider this to the, be like two parts yes. of one movie or two separate movies because they're very different mm-hmm. movies, in my for opinion. For me, it was it's it's the criticism of Thanos that I like. Not not I don't like the criticism of Thanos. It's just that I don't like Thanos's necessarily his portrayal in Infinity War all that much. And after you know, listening to people and you know going through it and watching it over an entire year, it's kind of like I've kind of had enough of this type of thing like yeah i thought it was there was multiple big bombastic moments throughout this movie um that were not in infinity war where there was just kind of one big bombastic moment and like i uh i thought it was interesting that they spent so much time with thanos developing him in infinity war and there were certain moments which I think were put in the movie specifically to add like a level of complexity to the character. So that things like uh, him showing you know, respect for Tony, being like, I hope they remember you, like talking to Wanda and being like, my child. Things where um, he was kind of gentle to his enemies. He took no you know, enjoyment from the task at hand and, and seemed to be generally empathetic. But that. I think- they and well, just that they like they spent all this work building up a villain who you assume is going to be your villain in, in in Endgame, which he is, but he is not that Thanos. Not only in the sense of like temporally, they are two different Thanoses, but also his character is different than the twenty eighteen. I, I think Thanos. I have a reasoning for that. I think it's because that the Thanos that we see in Infinity War is the Thanos that knows he will win. Whereas the Thanos we see in Endgame is the Thanos that needs to get to the point that he will win. How does Thanos in Infinity War know he will win? Um, like at that point where he's like showing compassion, he already has so many of the stones. When Thanos is going off on a rant about destroying the universe and then recreating his own new one, it just shows how much of a genocidal maniac he is. Yeah, I, I almost felt like the... Uh, Endgame Thanos was someone who had been like pushed to his his like point of no return, but uh, he oscillated between that and being the same like overconfident Thanos, where he sends Nebula off to get the stones, and she's like, "What are you gonna do here?" He's like, "I'm I'm just gonna sit here and wait and waits for." <laughs> the, and I th- I thought that was a great nod to him sitting and waiting for most of the MCU, but um, like he is very confident that. When everyone comes to take him on, he's going to beat them. And at the same time, that confidence does not manifest itself the same way it did in Infinity War, where he is now like, I will, I'm going to be okay, let me make sure this is as humane as possible. He doesn't have that. And in fact, specifies, after knowing these people for literally like five minutes, that he will enjoy destroying the planet. 
Yeah. I mean, he knows of the Avengers from the first movie. Yeah, but 2018 but, did too. Yeah, you know, he even says like a big like a big moment that I thought was actually missing and I thought would have been really cool was that when uh Wanda went to go face off, it's just like you killed you killed Vision and it's just like I don't know who that is. Yeah. And she said, You will now. And I I remember this isn't mine. This is someone else telling me this. I forget who it was. It would have been cool. I think this might have been in the Discord actually, is if she, Um You got she his line was I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Yeah. No, she says you took everything from me. He says I don't even know. Yes, exactly. And it's just like, well, you will now. And then what she should have done is basically went into like basically inserted memories into his brain and showed everything that Nebula didn't see. Does that make sense? And then everything that Wanda saw. I guess so. Um, Because she could do that. That's like one of her powers. Yeah. I he am surprised like, it, would, it would have been cool if mind. like they did like they basically just zoomed into Thanos' head and it did a speed up of like parts of Infinity War. And then like I think the MCU forgot that Wanda has those powers. No. No, I don't I I also think that would have been too that would have been like a little too much for like this very already battle busy sure. battle sequence. I think I just wanted to see her rip him apart, which she almost did. Yes. And which is why you said rain Yeah, fire. I like that she had a big enough consequence that he had to, like, blow up the whole battlefield. Like, that was the cost yeah. of um, dealing with Wanda was sacrificing most of his troops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was very good that, you know, we, we were like, oh, I hope Thanos doesn't get a redemptive arc. And instead he doubled down on his... Uh, absolutely absurd plan he's like okay y'all didn't like it when uh future me decimated half of the universe and said i'm just gonna like wipe the universe clean and just start over which is like more fucking so he didn't learn anything he was just like oh i gotta go farther with this absurdity which i think um makes it solidifies him a lot more as a bad guy yeah absolutely which retroactively addresses one of the criticisms of Infinity War. I don't think it absolves that film of its sins, but it does. Uh, the, the criticism was, you know, you sort of made him too relatable, like too humane. And here we get to see that he was, the the politeness was a veneer over a truly sadistic creature. That sounds kind of similar to the people that say, you know, Thanos is right in real time. I'm more, rev- I'm in real life. Like, if What's real I'm, time? I'm, I'm in, in real life. I don't know why I said real time. <laughs> in uh, real time with Bill Maher on no. HBO. Uh, no, um, I'm more referencing... Uh, I'm Thanos, more referencing sure. Thanos was actually a panelist once, yeah, and... I'm more referencing, like, with, like, uh, with Milo chubs on and... the, like, chubs on the internet who are just like, yeah, Thanos is right, and they're also, like, like white supremacist assholes, and it's like, yeah, it's this nice veneer that they show off, you know, like, oh, I believe in oh, you know, I free see. speech, all that stuff. This is, I just want to help people, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I believe that, you know, if we just decimated half the population, you know, the rest of the population could just be okay in the end. It's just like, no, he wants to do what he wants, and these people also want to do what they want. So that's what this was. Yeah. Do you think Bill Maher survived the snap? Because oh he was in Iron God. Man 3, I think. <laughs> um, I want to I talk about how I really liked, like, something I noticed in this movie that I didn't notice in actually other Marvel movies is that I really enjoyed the acting in this movie. Maybe because there was a more emotional 
uh, stakes and more emotional depth in this one. Where instead of, like, all the characters breaking down, the characters were more, like, ex- ex- like acknowledging the like the weight that's being put upon them or the weight like stuff that they're experiencing so yeah i don't know I just, yeah i, I would definitely like I really agree the portrayals of the original six in this movie i, well, I think yeah, like no like uh, what, what actors, y'all think a of lot of i really liked i really liked jeremy renner actually in this movie i liked i liked pepper's uh final goodbye to tony in the end i liked tony and Steve's argument at the like the first ten minutes of the movie, like that was a really intense scene, like a really yeah. intense like acting scene. Yo, he was pissed. Honestly, Robert Downey Jr. even more so in my opinion than Iron Man had a great like last movie. Like what yes. a, per- I I talked to you guys about this right when we got out, but the range that he got with like emaciated. Um, like survival, angry Tony to like parent Tony to just oh, it was good stuff. But I, I think you're right where a lot of the characters or a lot of the actors really brought their A game. Even Paul Rudd, um, like in that scene with Cassie yeah. when they just met up, it was just like it was very heartfelt. You could tell like like Scott has no idea what's going on, and he could see the look on her face, and it's like how to portray that on screen is just very touching. Or. The, the line, you're so big, was really well delivered because, like, it was a nice moment, but at the same time, it had, like, oh, so much gravity yes. behind that because it seemed like, oh, I, I totally missed you. And it was also, um, I, I, I hate to derail an emotional conversation to go to, like, comic book speculation conversation, but in, in the comics, she becomes, like, a like a giant woman superhero, yes, so yes. that it was a reference to that, I think. Yeah, stature, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I, I want to say, like, I think... The, not only the ending, but the 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 way that certain characters are portrayed in this movie makes me feel like I'll rewatch this movie more than I will watch Infinity War. For sure, just look at uh, Scarlett Johansson in that scene with Steve, like with uh, Chris Evans in the headquarters, where she's exhausted. You know, he's, he's trying she's to get her to like, exhausted. yeah, like what, I've never seen Black Widow like that, but it works so well, and I think. The script sets up these actors to have a really great time because it pushes these characters to places that, not just their limits, because they've been pushed their limits before, it pushes them into unfamiliar territory for all of them. Cap can't fight anymore. There's no one to fight. He has to do a different kind of work, and it is exhausting for him. Um, You know, Thor is defeatist and lacks self-esteem for the first time. And just, like, so many of these characters get put in a different place than they're used to, and the actors just act the shit out of it, man. Like, they Aaron, really... Aaron specifically, like, said something, like, really... Like, something that really actually worked. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, she mentioned how all of the characters kind of were... Like, after the five-year jump, were experiencing some form of... Uh, oh, the stages of, of, the uh, stage grief. of grief. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to find uh, where it is. Where? Um, I don't think it was like a. I would not go so far as to say that that was something that the creators had in mind. Oh, I'm um, not saying that at all. I'm just I I just think that it's a really interesting thing to look at when. But you're yes, at the all of those emotions that are associated anger with the grieving process Hawkeye. get their their anger due. Anger is Hawkeye. Him killing all those bad people. 
Bargaining is Cap and Widow trying to make good out of a bad situation. Depression, Thor, very much so. Acceptance, Hulk and Iron Man just kind of like accepting who they are and living out their lives. And we couldn't find denial, but we may have thought, you know, Scott might have been denial. Yeah, and and Scott gets the benefit of like being able to to come back and be Thank you. Like Aaron. it this just happened to me. So denial is usually the first step to get over. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it makes sense that the one who's like freshest on the scene is like, no, like this isn't we're not gonna keep it this way. <laughs> um I'm trying to, I don't think there's any other character. I think the uh the scene where the original six or I guess five because Nat was dead, but when they are all discussing her death, I thought that was really a really good ensemble scene because they they kind of made Thor and Hulk kind of into one joke characters, but it still very much fit the state that they were in. Like Thor was was like he was kind of frantic. He was yeah. sad, but like in denial. So he was like, "Oh, we can just use the stones back." And like, and um, Banner in Hulk mode, like was was um was accepting but like angry about it. And it was just a really good um really good way to kind of sift through all of the different uh, states that the or that the five are in. So that was that was kind of one of my favorite scenes, actually, just them talking, you know, and bouncing around from each other. Uh, you know, I appreciate that it was just the originals in that. Yeah, scene great too. call out. That it really was like that was that was a good scene. Uh, it wasn't fun like the rest of the movie, so I don't think I remembered it as well. But you're, you're right; they each got their moment to be very much in character for that. Yeah, totally. Um, we didn't talk much about. Bruce Banner and uh, the Professor Hulk we kinda, prediction. We kind of did. We kind of said like we predicted it, and we were upset that his character development got shoved through five years. Um, uh, yeah. Off screen, but I do yeah. like him throughout the movie. I do really like yeah. him as a character, being kind of like. Uh, I, mean, I think my favorite line of like one of my favorite lines of the whole movie is like, "It's time travel. It's either a joke or it's either all a joke or it isn't." And I and like I really yeah. like that one. And then he um and then he uh, the, the the part that made that funny to me was that he just he goes up he he says to Scott we're good <laughs> <laughs> the thumbs up. Uh, like I I thought the I thought the gag of of Scott Lang changing ages was really silly and stupid, but I I I liked everything else around that. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but the, the, that I think that whole sequence could have been shaved off a little bit because it was such a long movie and everything had to be essential i didn't think well, you need think, to show him i as think a baby. maybe it was it was a a moment of kind of like breathing room sure, you can make that sure. argument. like hey we need to we need to make it breathe we can't have like we can't shove all these care we can't shove the audience through all these different things all of a sudden because it's just gonna be too much and what do you think of the the selfie argument when like uh well like Scott's like hey you want to take a picture with me I'm I'm Ant Man and like the kids are kind of like eh, and like Hulk's kind of trying to egg them on like yeah no nah, you want one and I think it kind of went on a little too long but I, yeah, I um, thought that was one of the funnier I, scenes in the movie I I think you're right that they what, what could have was done that? was that was that. The selfie scene when they're in the diner. Oh yeah, that I thought that was a little bit too long. Like the, also, the picture did Hulk one, yeah. say uh, dab? I forget how that worked. 
he he, he dab he said dab while trying to dab. Oh um, my god, so I missed that. Dabbing so, is still a phenomenon fight. Not a flawless along movie. With Fortnite. Well, not a well, flawless movie. Well, well, here's the thing about that. I will get to the dabbing and then the subsequent thing that I hate about this movie that will... Well, other than the the Thor fat stuff, the thing that I memeishly hate about this movie. Um, uh, so, I actually wasn't really paying attention to the dab scene because I was more focused on the fact that the scene is going on too long. Um... <laughs> but also uh i hate the fortnite i hate the inclusion of fortnite it pisses me off i was forgiving because it was korg i don't hate <laughs> uh, korg does, it makes me dislike dislike korg's use in this movie even though i do love korg korg is a the presence of korg canceled that out to me i was like you know what fine like the russos have said on the record they like that the crew likes fortnite and they wanted to make a nod and Korg is just a silly dude, so it's like, hey, why not? And you need to show four kind of at its lowest, so why not? With the lowest four mutants. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm joking. Why we used to play Fortnite, so I didn't know why you were so angry, no, Anthony. Well, we all um, used to play Fortnite, but also it's like it's. I think it's become like a joke now that there's other better things out there, and I think it's because if Ninja showed up, then I would have been mad. I think um the the backlash against. The backlash against Fortnite, I, in my opinion, so I participated in it, first of all. I didn't like the scene. But um, I think in upon reflection, it was because I was like, get that crud out of my Marvel movie. Like, this is my, you know, fandom. I don't want any of this Fortnite stuff in my Fortnite fandom. I don't want Fortnite to exist in my MCU. Right. And then I realized it was kind of gatekeeping. Uh, but, like, also, I, I don't want, like, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't want any other kind of, like... I, th- I think for part of me, it's kind of like, I don't want any modern pop culture things in MCU. Yeah. I, like, I like, Radio Shack I, was a funny joke in Captain Marvel. But, like, they were but... making a bunch of other pop culture references yeah. throughout the movie about time travel. They were making Back to the Future, Time Cop, Quantum Leap, like, all of those, all of those Hot references. Time Machine. Hot Tub Time, Hot time Machine. Machine. And I'm like, I like that joke. I like those jokes because... They were ridiculous, and they referenced other things that some of these some of these actors were even a part of in some like tangential way. And it's like I like that because it connects to the absurdity of time travel, and that's why those jokes work. Also, those things are. It also worked functionally because you're like, oh, the time travel of those movies that everyone has seen is not. Yeah, and everyone has seen at least one of those movies referenced. Die Hard, so, yep. <laughs> Die Hard, yeah, that was funny. I thought that was, thought a, funny was a funny line. line. We're like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I think that you know, um, if if um, Fortnite had some MCU events in it, so I mean, we could have had Fortnite fans saying, "Hey, I don't want the MCU in my Fortnite," but at the same time, does that mean that Fortnite in the MCU had a Thanos event where you get to play as Thanos within? All right, just stop. Like, All right, shut up. Shut up. Um, it's it's so a like good conversation the, for another time. One of the things that may actually make <laughs> it work is that, I mean, like they don't normally like the MCU hasn't really made video game references, and usually when movies or TV shows make video game references, they're usually as like a joke, and they're not usually good jokes. So that's another part of it, and also, like, this movie takes place in the future, like in twenty twenty four. 
So then these these pop culture things that are relevant now that also appeared in the mu- in the future would probably be like old hat so they would probably make sense like they would probably be like they snapped all the video game developers No, I'm not, I'm, I'm more kind of like saying like why referencing older <laughs> movies and other MCU movies is funny and is not kind of like a pop culture like fuckfest is because we're dealing with <laughs> fall, uh, if like if this movie came out when Hot Tub Time Machine was a movie and they said like oh Hot Tub Time Machine it would have felt lame and cheap but they did it does that make sense sure. I know that was a weird analogy to something else that happened in the movie but does that make sense yeah like if they had made a bunch, we're not, bunch of we're not detached from Fortnite yet we're not if they had made a bunch of jokes it. I think about how like today's society would be different in five years unrelated to like the actual avengers like if they like projected a cultural trend i would think that would be a dumb joke and i wouldn't have I, I would also think that was a dumb joke yes um, I, don't, I don't think that using sorry we're getting off on a really weird tangent and let's go back i want to talk about the frigga scene because i really liked how frigga sure, yeah uh, my my dad who is a psychiatrist described it as like oh and thor just went back to his mom for therapy yeah, a little bit, and it it like it it kind of like it was a lot. There was a lot of like catharsis uh, for Thor there, even though he was still kind of a bumbling Lebowski esque like character. But he was uh, uh, it's it's you know Lebowski isn't even like like a drunk. He's just kind of like a slacker. Yeah, I'm fine so with I, him I, being I'm, Lebowski. I'm sorry, I keep saying Lebowski. Yeah, I'm fine over with him again, being like so. a schlub, but I, it's when the it's when the weight becomes the joke, is the problem. Yeah, right. yeah, but it was a great way of like making because I don't think that really registered enough to yeah. people that Thor's mom died because in that no one movie, saw the Dark World. You know? Like it's 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 not a movie that right. It's not something that really that that people um you know really think back to. So to kind of um highlight yeah yeah that was actually like that was like his first big loss. That kind of um, dominoed into all these other losses that he would have later on. This is kind of like the last point where he his life was normal in a sense. Yeah. I think okay. I I appreciate the weight that that scene had for Thor's character, who is a core Avenger and a beloved uh, member of this franchise. And I understand where at his darkest moment. Being able to talk to that light in his life was significant and also added more depth retroactively to the dark world and to her death. With that said, I think I would have to rewatch this movie to get out of it what you seem to have gotten out of it because I distinctly remember thinking in the theater, can we just be done with the Thor and Rocket adventure already? Um... I didn't I didn't enjoy it that much. I thought it was a very kind of predictable like obviously Thor is not going to remain in his current state. So like this is just whatever the thing is that is going to snap him out of it. Um but I will rewatch again because honestly I don't remember a lot of the dialogue and I'm usually pretty good at remembering dialogue. So it really there was just a lot like, of dialogue in this movie. I, I must have been glazed over, uh, and I think it deserves another watch from me. But upon my first impression, didn't didn't get the same thing out of it that you did. 
I wonder if they found it better to have a maternal figure for Thor in the scene, or if they just couldn't get Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I, think, I think Frigga would have been better. All the way. Mm-hmm. All, all Odin the, is not all that much of a seeing, um, all the characters sage, old, wise man. The the what's it called? No, it's the characters. All the trifecta char- the trifecta characters. You know, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor all saw characters and people that they loved that died, and it's kind of going back and kind of giving their last goodbyes in some capacity. So Steve, Steve didn't get that, so he went back and lived with her. I would argue that Thor has spent most of the franchise um, sort of looking up to his father and following in his father's footsteps Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. living his life according to his father's standards. I think he needed the reframing that his mother could provide. Not that um, Odin... I think Odin would have been a more significant character for him. He already got the sort of like, are you the God of Hammers advice in Ragnarok? And he needed this kind of like, you are not just a prince. Yeah. And plus he never got to say, she never, he never got to say goodbye to his mother. So yeah. 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 I I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Bryn Scherenberg and she was saying that Tony Stark is now the ultimate daddy because not only is he a daddy, but he also daddied his daddy. Yep. Which is a maybe not the best phrasing, but uh, Tony, you're all about the MC I, daddies. We'll be so. talking about that because I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I was but I, I really liked, happen, and it actually had a lot of daddy in it. <laughs> I did not know that he would actually have that much time with his daddy and actually get like the the therapy that he needed, you know, because you know that even by the end of Civil War. He's still uh, more upset about his mom, you know, and he he hugged his dad. Like that was a significant character it was, change. It was and, really touching. Uh, we for got me, to see yeah, to watch that. We got we got to see we got to see Jarvis from and Agent I, Carter. And as the soon TV as, show. as, soon as that so happened, happy. I was just like, I looked to my left and I saw Chris just fucking o face, you know, hands on his. Uh, oh my! <laughs> oh my God! They did this! Oh my God! And and Chris doing. Chris doing their point thing where you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, and I'm just like, yep, and I just like look and I'm like, yep, they did it. Oh they face, it. yeah, yeah, you're totally, to- absolutely, Anthony. That's Jesus. Which yeah. is honestly um, but... okay. If you'd made like a wish list for this movie, one of the things on the wish list would have been characters from the TV shows make an appearance. So there, yeah, they did Close enough. What they could. They really <laughs> no day, no quake. But uh, sure, I'll take yeah, Jarvis. We got something. Jarvis is a great character. I'm upset about show. Phil Coulson not being in, but maybe, maybe uh, Chris Evans will make an appearance on Agents of Shield. <laughs> that would be enough. <laughs> you heard it here. It is 9:04 on April on April 29th, 2019. Do you? Okay. I have made that. Pro- Mother, f- if he's not, if he's not going to come back to the movies, what makes you think he's going to show up on the TV show? Come on. Do you understand, like, how upset I was that you had so many perfectly correct predictions when you just say shit like this? I am <laughs> inevitable. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, ugh. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Mm. Did you like uh, Morgan Stark, the I little think girl? She was cute, and she that cheeseburger line. Oof! I like. I hear people were just bawling when that happened. Because everyone mm. yeah. I know yeah. who, who were crying when that happened was just like they knew 
that was a reference well, cause, to the like, Iron Man Well, because, like, he's happy in that scene. Like, yeah. oh. Yeah. I, I cried. I'll, I'll cop to it. Um, the I original cry, director. My, my <laughs> adrenaline was pumping so much, so I couldn't cry. I did okay. not necessarily... Okay, so the line, I love you 3000, was just kind of a whatever generic, like, thing that they it was going to become a catchphrase. Um... But I liked her presence in the movie, I will say. I liked the way that she was written. I liked the way that it allowed um, Robert Downey Jr. to play this side of Tony that I think we'd all secretly deep down been hoping for. And we got to see Daddy Tony. And that was a great side of Tony that I really liked. Um, yes, and I agree. As a Tony, I agree. Right. Obviously, like, her actual, like, <laughs> none of her actual lines, the, the actress was not stunning in this role. Like, it was, she was just a token for an emotional stake. Here's my defense, here's my defense, especially in that last scene when um, Happy says, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want, and she just kind of casually goes, okay. <laughs> like, she can't really understand the gravity of what's happening because he's a little kid, and that killed me. I thought that was so, like, such a also, good part of that. And she also didn't get the reference that Happy was also referencing at. It's like, your daddy loved cheeseburgers. It's like, like, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. a child, like that. It was that part was, and like the the part when she said shit, like I thought that was yes. a cute moment. <laughs> I think, I think that the way my parents did not like that actress, and I'm like, are you heartless? You heartless? You heartless? God damn it! <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed. Place. I I like the. Uh, were you thinking? Of, what was it? Were you thinking about popsicles or something like that? As like her way of blackmailing him. Um, that was that was good. <laughs> I but again, I I mean. You know that is just some pretty good writing for, for the movie. He's a good yeah. dad. He's a good dad. Like, damn, this movie was good. <laughs> yeah, sure, movie was good. I am. Um, I'm still a little flummoxed that uh, Iron Man made Pepper a Iron Man suit of her own when, like, easily the most contentious part of their entire relationship has been. <laughs> i like i get her not wearing it but i don't get him thinking she would like it (laughs) that's true yeah Yeah, like for what like would she would she need that like is there an emergency so necessary that like in case of apocalypse we need you to do some protect well also protect your daughter this giant battle scene yeah Who's babysitting? Oh, I guess Happy was babysitting, but come on. I don't know if Tony would trust Happy to sure. get that job done all the way, but... Um, oh, of course he would. I, I think he, he was, like, down with, with Happy as his bodyguard because he liked that, you Could know, be he liked an- being free, but... Could it be another really cool scene? Hey, who's the godfather, Rhodey or Happy? Ooh. Ooh. Um... So, do it be a really cool happy. scene in another happy. future, like, Marvel movie. I don't know how they're going to do this, but, like, Morgan is playing with, like, Hulk. Like, Professor Hulk is, is like, like, Bruce is, like, being, like, uh, is, Uncle like, babysitting Hulk. Morgan. And is, like, teaching Morgan how to, like, build shit. Like, that would be adorable. Mm. Come on. Yeah, that'd, that'd be really that. cute. And I think that, yeah. Girl needs Shuri S or two. Oh, Let's be ooh, real. Ooh. Ooh. 
there was something I was going to say about Hulk. Oh, okay. So, Hulk did not have an arc in this movie. His arc was prior to this movie. <laughs> um, sorry, this well, is, like, I'm, it, I'm counting. Well, like, I'm, well, well, no, what, he no, put on the gauntlet. That was, that was a big moment. One quick thing. What is it called okay. when something is in the middle of a movie? An interquel? Like, a sequel is after what? a movie. Like, Lion King yeah, one and like, a half? Those, like, wouldn't that be like his arc was in the middle of the movie? What? Sure, but it wasn't actually depicted on screen, so that is in no way an interquel. Yes. If they were to make a, an interquel movie, that could be interesting, but we already know what happened, so why bother making that Do movie? Do what they call it? They call it the last five years. No reference to the musical. And that's just a whole movie? No, there's movie? no reference to the musical. Wow, that's definitely going to get all the franchise Can books. I jump, jump in one more time? Okay, Please so do. Uh, his arc primarily happens prior to the events of Endgame, um, but there is this moment where he decides to put on the gauntlet and unsnap everybody, um, and he says the, like, the damage or like the radiation is primarily gamma. It's like I was made for this. And there is, there's a weight to that line and that scene in the framing and the way that like, just like the audio cuts out and it just like pulls into his face where you sort of go like, Oh, like, was he made for this? And then you shake it out of it. Like, no, the, the Hulk has no like connection to Thanos or his quest. Like, or the Infinity Stones of any kind. This it just is convenient that he's big. But it's right? like it's a sweet it's a sweet convenience. It's like a touch convenience because well I don't like, know. Well, well, like here's the I, thing: I, the, the the weight that that line has is not like oh, it's a destiny thing. It's that like you have a greater purpose, Bruce. You're 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 the thing that you hated this whole time and that you try to keep down deep inside, and now you have merged together with with your alter ego is now your greatest tool to save the universe so i understand um does that make sense yeah in the context of like this curse you've borne all this time is now what is going to help bring everyone back but once again he came to terms with his curse and like banner and hulk fused into one being before the events of this movie. So he already did not think of this as a curse. And if he had been talking about like, oh, this is my opportunity to sacrifice myself for everyone, like to be the hero that I have been trying to be this whole time, great. But he says it in the context of, I will survive. I'm the only one here who, if I put that on and do this, it's not a sacrifice. I'll be okay. But he doesn't, but, like, I think it's a combination of not seeing, like, even, like, I don't, like, yeah, we don't really see, like, maybe, maybe Bruce still has feelings that he's, like, a monster a little bit, but, like, we don't really get that, and, like, that might have been, like, a line of catharsis, but whatever. Regardless, I, I just, like, like, that Hulk sure. had a lot of... Sure, I'm like, interested to see to what they do with Hulk, because he did not die. I'd be interested to see what they do with him. Uh, I in, the, in the future of the in MCU, that, him being in that that arm cast was really like interesting because like you usually see Hulk. I mean, like Hulk throughout this movie is just interesting because you usually see him being like smashing and like being blunt and stuff. But like him having an arm cast is like just funny to me. 
We did talk about him being like the beast character for the X-Men. I thought they definitely yes. did that. They yeah. definitely did that. Yeah. Like he's manning the controls for the quantum tunnel and yeah. Um I I I hope that they do something with the events of this movie in whatever he does next. Um yeah. But I I kind of doubt that they will. I think I think we'll hear more about it when Feige does his big speech in June. Probably sure. Gonna, it's probably going to be in June or at the end of this month. Or May, I mean. Um, you know, it'll be like a whenever yeah. Comic-Con is. I forget when Sandy. Well, they're probably going to want they're probably they probably won't do it at Comic-Con. They'll probably do an event before Comic-Con and that tease literal things at Comic-Con. Like they'll get I will say um I I've been shitting I want to finish my whole thought before we do the, this next discussion, but um, I did. I've been shitting on it, but I've been, I really enjoyed their portrayal of what Banner and Hulk look like as one person um, yes. in like the voice and the dialogue. <laughs> and for the most part, he's Banner like, except for um, one notable exception is when he does like find out that uh, Black Widow is killed. He has this very Hulk like, like rips the bench and throws it just as in like punitive anger, and that is. So that was so very Hulk, but also Banner. Um, that I was like, "All right, you guys did." A- he's like, he's like the mi- the middle of an animal, right? like one of those like covers. You guys did, yeah. They did a great job of writing. I think that Thor, new character. I think it was interesting that Thor was the person to say, "We have the stones. Let's do. Let's do. Let's not waste our time." Yeah, I think that was a really Thor like, was denial. Actually, I kind of think Thor was maybe denial in general with, like, not being willing to say Thanos' name. Yeah. Yeah, I think we throw Thor in the denial camp and give someone else depression. No, sure. no, no, Thor gets the depression. Mm. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, at that, at that scene um, anyway. at the lake, um, there was very much of a, uh, like, uh, Thor was, I think, I rem- if I remember it, Thor was the one to say, we have the stones, let's use yeah. them. Yeah, he was. Okay, so that kind of was just like he learned from Frigga. Like, I have to, I have to move on. I have to. We have to do what's right. We have to. Like, I can't change my like my past mistakes. I have to move on. Um, and uh, you know, fans are like, uh, what was it? Um, um, we didn't talk about the women moment. All the women characters together. True. The hashtag feminism the shot. Hashtag feminism shot. Without Black Widow. Uh, yeah, everyone everyone got their shot at Thanos in for, for that camp, which was, you know, that was fun. Yeah. A lot of dialogue um nods to like um T'Challa calling Hawkeye Clint when in Civil War he said, I don't care. Hi, my um, name is Clint. Things like care. Yeah. Yeah. And then um Hope making fun of Scott for calling Captain America Cap, and then Hope calls Captain America Cap. Also, America's movie. ass. Oh, such a good line. That was, that yeah. was oh, a great. Movie. Yeah, absolutely. That, good meme. Know, Solid meme. You know, you know what Loved maybe it. is a better gay moment is that is everyone acknowledging how good Captain America Chris Evans' butt is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What? 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 Chris? Okay. Yeah, so... What? Wait, wait, why did you say... Ooh, I knew, say, I knew coming hey, in. Hey, Chris, you want to talk about gay representation in the MCU? I knew there was going to be a a moment in this movie. I know the people were not angry, were not, were not, were angry and not happy about this moment. 
um i asked a friend of the show jen uncle um hey is this like exclusively gay moment from beauty and the beast or like a um what do you call it like a jk rowling retcon tweet thing and she said imagine the moment the sulu moment in star trek beyond but somehow less the moment was so subtle that anthony you had to point it out to me Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think now because I actually uh, don't know what you're talking about. It's when it's when it was Cap Joe was... Russo's oh, cameo. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah of about course. How he went on a date with a dude. So I eventually looked back to a quote from Joe Russo, and he was saying like, "Oh yeah, it was really important for us to have a moment of of representation in the MCU," and. Basically, Joe Russo said that he cast himself to show, like, hey, I'm the director of this movie. I'm serious about this representation. Mm. I want to show how important this is to me. And it's like, wow, congratulations. You pretended to be gay for playing a non-named character for, like, less than a minute to show how important representation is to you. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, (laughs) that is is peak uh, capital liberal L uh representation at its finest like that does not make you a a good ally like come on like if it would mean like listen back to our episode with uh nat rose and laura berry about the lack of queer representation in the mcu but man all the self-congratulatory like you know we i gave that a pass for this fan service but for this part of self-congratulatory stuff i do not because Yes. That's some bonafide bullshit right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, it, it, that's, like, almost giving themselves a pass. Like, that is actually, like, it's in a way kind of more offensive than, like, Dumbledore being gay off off page. Because it's, it's like, to me, just casting the director. Like, you can't even cast an extra. You can't even cast, like, a, a named actor to make a cameo, you know? Which, like, you get Matt Damon as, like, fake Loki. Like, come on. Like... And, um, you know, couple that with, um, I got really, I, I got like, um, I felt like a little prick when Sam Wilson saw Steve Rogers ring and he, and he said, um, you want to tell me about her? And it's like, oh, God, damn, like so heteronormative. Well, but, you know, well, that moment, we, we, that's we just knew me. It was, we, come on, but, I think we knew we, that was Peggy. Ah, but he didn't. What if he just married a guy? Come on. Um. Well, I'm also, I, I'm assuming that Sam knows that, that Cap is straight, so it's like... Move on! So it's Chris, like, yeah. more important, do you think it would be... Would you have wanted a real, in real life, gay actor to play the part that the, the Joe Russo played? That wouldn't have done anything. Um preferably do you yes. think it would have made it do you think you would have walked out feeling differently if that had been the case i still would have been angry but i would have been less angry than if it was the director of the movie who just stepped off and like hey i'm gonna pretend to be gay just to give us some cred yeah okay that seems well, reasonable like, like my thing for, <laughs> which my is what they for, did my thing for stuff like that is like this is a, a uh, these are movies and this is a universe about superheroes why, if you're going to show representation for, like, gay or queer characters, like, make it a superhero or someone that does something, not just a person that stands there. Because he... Arrowverse is so far ahead of these dudes. Even 
Netflix MCU is ahead of them. S.H.I.E.L.D. is ahead of them, with even just, like, one gay character. Uh, Chris, have you seen season two of Carolina and Nico! Runaways! Yes. Wait, Chris, God. have you seen season two of Runaways? Yes, I've seen season yeah, two that, of Runaways! Great representation, I think. And they're the they're two main characters. They're main cast. Yeah, and it's not even not like a token big thing. Gaze. I mean, it is a big thing, and but it like, should be a big you know, thing. <laughs> like everyone's just like, ah, oh, those two get a room. But um, yeah, I it did feel like maybe the only positive outcome of that scene because Captain America does get kind of pigeonholed as having. 1930s 1940s values and you know he confirmed christian from various and sundry other things uh does like his morality remained unchanged by like waking up in modern day and i I think it was good to just be clear that good guys from every time you know accept people for who they love but other like Nothing to do with the actual representation of gay people, but like a clarification on Steve, uh, Captain America's like thoughts on that subject. I'm, I, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I didn't really. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah. I feel like that's delving um, too much into it, but uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, it's my, always been my headcanon that Steve Rogers, MCU Steve Rogers, is biromantic asexual. So, but that's just my headcanon. You know, that is. They don't want to respect that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The last chance. Yeah, we don't want to respect your headcanon, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> Literal last. Come on. Even like Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson are like being all happy, friendly in interviews and stuff. So oh. like. Just make it happen. That is something that needs make that, it happen. That is something that needs to happen. That is something that is not only canon, uh, that head canon. That is something that needs to be canon. They could have even just done like make a fucking Valkyrie don't you fucking dare Captain Marvel bait, kiss. Kevin make it happen. I believe there are reports that Eternals will be led by a gay character, but I might have misread. I that. guess that is correct. It'll just be a uh, Joe Russo. <laughs> But we don't know. That property could be literally anything, so I don't... It could be a gay space tree. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, so... Exclusively gay moment. Exclusively gay moment. God. Disney. Anyway. Good things? Uh, we're two hours in. Yeah. We should, we should wrap up with something. We're two hours about talking something. about how awesome this movie is. I think, I think we did a fair... Take on the movie with a lot of good and a lot of bad. I think that this is yeah. I mean, a lot of the things we didn't talk about, they're like really obvious things, like Iron Man fucking dying at the end. Wait, that's that's, that was like fucking Iron Man dies with the shit. Wait, I fell asleep. I didn't. Oh no. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Rogers going back in time and and marrying uh, Peggy. Yeah, stealing someone else's girl. I don't think. That... <laughs> All right, this is the. I've been counting. I I swear this is gonna be the last time. But the most impactful line from the New York Times interview with Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely was, uh, they said this whole time like Tony has been approaching um, selflessness, and as a mirror, Captain America started at selflessness and has been approaching some kind of enlightened self-interest. Was what they said. 
which I thought was an awesome way to characterize these two and why their arcs ended the way they did. Um, like Cap finally said, you know what? I don't care if you guys need me. I have done my part and I am going to live the life I want to live. Uh, and he does it. And I love that. Totally. What do you think about that? Chris? Finally got to live his life. I'm so happy for Steve. Yeah. Now we have Captain Falcon. I think that looks really cool. I, I think he's going to do hit. a great job. Falcon Punch! Big fan of stabbing that guy with the wings. That's uh, That was really fucking cool. That was great. And now yeah. he's Captain America, and I want more. I want yeah, more put him up against like some dinosaurs from the Lost Lands or whatever it is. Savage Lands. Savage, Savage Lands. Lands. Have him stab him with his yeah. metal wings. Fight pterodactyls! Yeah! yeah. Fight pterodactyls! Dude, I'm, I'd see it. I'd buy a ticket right now. So, Chris, so so before we kind of fully wrap this bad boy up, I kind of want to want to talk about like your final thoughts before we talk about the things we didn't talk about. I like the part where he stabs the Thomas, dude. Thomas, what are your final thoughts on this movie? With his wings. Um, <laughs> I felt like there were probably there were pro- we will probably never be nor has there ever been a movie more perfectly suited to my like specific demographics in the specific situation that I saw it. Uh, I think this will probably be the most significant movie watching experience of my lifetime. Uh, and I am very, very thankful to the, just every, everything that brought that moment to happen flaws and all. Uh, I, I thought wow, it was that awesome. Was really, that was really touching. It was really sweet. Yeah, Chris. Well, Chris, what what do you think? Because you you kind of came in with this. Uh, I thought it was pretty you came cool. In with this, <laughs> you came in with this review that was very much of a like like that can sound very harsh to a lot of people. Um. So what did you what did you what kind of is your your final say about this movie? Like you know. I mean, my review is basically saying in a very long, winding way, um, you've already decided if you like this or not before you go in. And I decided, hey, I'll probably be annoyed by a few things, but I'll probably really like it because I love all these movies. And you know what? I did. I liked it. I liked it better the second time I saw it. So it's... It's... It was the... It earned a lot of uh, goodwill from all of the 11 years of storytelling. Like, they were able to do things that you could never imagine a movie doing before. I think it was a unique experience. And honestly, I don't want them to ever try this again. Yeah. I think that's... Unless it's, like, with a totally new cast and, like, if they build, like, 11 more years of goodwill to do another giant event. But... You know, who's to say if they even want to do that? So, I know, I know, I know Anthony, that, it's um, your turn, but I, I just want to say, yes, no, me, no. me too. I, I, I agree. No more of these. Uh, I liked it for what it was. Um, don't try this well, next year. Well, Chris was, Chris was, Chris was still oh, Don't fun. try this at home. All the studios who wanted to do their own universes, they're probably looking at this movie and like, yo, <laughs> we, oh, no. we're never going <laughs> to be able point. to top this. Never. Never. I hope that's what they're so, thinking. So, Chris, um, was that all you wanted to say, or or, or was there something else with that? Because then I have another question for you. That that's pretty much it. I, all I'm saying is that if you love this movie, you're valid. If you hate it every goddamn second of this movie, you're also valid. But 
still respect the people who like are really invested in this, you know, because I know I certainly was. And um I've been saying some I've been seeing some like you know, critics that we never listened to in the first place, but they still use the word formulaic, and it's like, there was literally nothing formulaic about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. All I'll say, my my biggest criticism of this movie is that I think it should have been one year, not five years. That's your biggest criticism? They did five years. They did things like five years later, and Thanos getting his head chopped off solely for shock value. I don't because think I don't if think it the was five just years was solely for shock value. I think the head chop off. I feel like I it was. I think cho- the movie could have worked if it was just one year. The only thing that would not have worked is that Morgan Stark would have been a baby and not an actual kid. But that's just me. I think they would have fewer timeline problems, and I think there still would have been an impact if there was a whole year where things were the same. But that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just my opinion. Okay. Final question I'll ask you, Chris, before I go into my opinion. Um, will you watch another MCU movie again? I'm going to watch Far From Home, for sure. Are you going to watch any other movies that come out after that? Yeah, I'll watch Black Panther 2, I'll watch Doctor Strange 2, I'll watch The Eternals, I'll watch... Like, I'm, dude, I'm so fucking <laughs> watching Cloak and Dagger, and I'm like, I'm so tired of that show. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm an MCU completionist. No, I'm just asking, because the way that you ended your article, you sounded like, hey, I'm not going to watch anything else. Yeah, you you also ended it with I don't want to talk about the movie for an extended period of time, and we are two hours and ten minutes into this podcast. Yeah, honestly, I think it's been uh, way too long. This is uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just it's there. I mean, the fact that we talked so much about this movie and we probably missed a lot of things, like that, just goes to show just how much movie there was. So it's it was it was how I felt at the time. I wrote this very late night. <laughs> And I was just like, I, I specifically told Anthony, like, hey, could you not play any MCU music on the car right back? Because, <laughs> like, I just needed to, like, chill. Um, I felt that was just, like, the most MCU you can ever have in one sitting. And um, I just needed to rest. I think I'm a little more well-rested, so I feel better. I still stand by my words, but yeah. I'm even though if I don't feel exactly the same right now. So I'm hope that people don't think I'm a uh, cynical Sally, a negative Nancy, a blah Debbie blah blah, Downer. whatever you want to call me. Yes, exactly. No, it's a good. Mo- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy the fucking four four K special edition and like watch the shit out of that when it comes out again. So well, yeah, definitely. Um, hey Anthony, what did you think about this movie? Um, jeez, oh, I can't really top both of your comments, but I will say this movie is probably one of my favorite MCU movies. It will probably be up there in my top 20 favorite movies of all time. Um, it's, it is... I thought you were going to say top 20 MCU uh-huh. films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the bottom two are. Incredible Hulk and the, and, uh, the Dark World. Um, Thor in the Dark World? <clears throat> yes. Um, no, I think that... You know, this is a, this was a moment. This was a, a cinematic moment um, that really no one can really take away from people. Like, yeah, this movie's going to make a shit ton of money. And like, I don't think that people out there should be like, see, it's good. It made a shit ton of money. I think it should be like more of like a lot of people went to go see this. That's why how impactful it is. Um, 
and I think that's something important to kind of like something to say about you know how we how we how we think about media and stuff. Um, this was something that I'll probably will probably never witness anything like this experience ever again. Um, in the history and like as you said, Thomas, in our lifetime, and I think that's really sweet and touching. You know, we this is, was our Star Wars. This was our this was our big you know revolutionary uh in a sense you know film and yeah i loved it i I mean like you know flaws and all um and um you know if you didn't like this movie um if you don't like any mc movie don't don't say like ah you should feel bad for liking this movie or you should feel bad for enjoying this movie um but also, if you like it, uh, don't shit on people for thinking that they don't like this movie, or don't shit on people for not liking the MCU, because people could just like and dislike things the way they are. And it just uh, make sure that you don't completely define yourself by the media. You there consume. we go. Oh, wow, wow. Oh, in a, in you know late stage capitalism, you know don't define yourself by capital by the capitalist products you consume. Um, and I think that's. Don't don't take it personally if people exactly. don't like the same things as you do, unless they're actually attacking you exactly. personally for exactly. liking that. And you know, when someone out there says, you know, like, "Hey, Disney made a shit ton of money. Maybe they should use their money to, you know, do better things to help society." Don't think of it as like railing against the good content that you like of the MCU. Look at it as like, "Hey, maybe a company that makes this much money should probably do- be doing better things with their money." Like, not turning, like, not rooting the city of Inglewood, California. Yes. <laughs> and said maybe it's helping communities in need. And also paying their workers living wages. Yeah. So, yeah. on that note, um, you know, Disney bad, um, you know, this movie good, um, uh, <laughs> Even though some people will not be able to reconcile that yes. as much as I guess you can. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fair. It, it was it's easy. both are valid. I think. I, I think for I think an important thing to kind of I mean, like this is kind of going off on a big tangent, but you know, an important part about you know living in a that's okay. We've been saying that phrase like ten yeah, times in this episode. Yeah, a big part about like living in a world filled with entertainment created by capitalists is kind of like you can't enjoy yourself. Like, it's possible to, like, enjoy yourself, but also be critical of things that you enjoy and not let it define you, as you said, Chris. And I think that's an important part of how to change society is to say, hey, I like what you did here. I think we should be more uh, aware of what we're doing with it. Um, yeah. There's, there's nuance to things, y'all. And maybe maybe if we understood that a little bit better... We can fight back against the terrible people that oppress us. Thanks to Troll Villanueva. Send game, everyone. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's my and that's my note to you. I guess you know why not at the end of an Endgame podcast? It's, it's a pretty you decent know, place for that message. Sure. Because this was this was like peak movie franchise. Yeah, but we still love it. Yeah. So I am probably going to um, make the plugs. 
I don't know. We 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 definitely want to write more about Endgame, so we're we're gonna have to do some pitches soon. We'll see how we have, that. Yeah, we have out. some things that we're gonna be writing. I have some ideas of things I need to actually write and type and do, but I have like I'm also dealing with like this weekend was probably the biggest bout of depression I've had in a very long period of time, combined with um like all of my adrenaline and all my kind of like like I'm waiting for this movie. And then once that adren like that you know that high hit on Thursday, and then I woke up on Friday. I'm just like I'm not doing well. I am not in a good headspace right now, and I am still in that good headspace. But that's also because I have bills to pay and things to do for other people that I haven't done yet. But I'll get to yeah. doing some things, and I have some ideas of things just to write. Take care yeah, of yourself exactly. first. And I have some things I need to type up, and things I need to write, and I have some ideas of articles I want to write, and some other episodes that we could talk about that relate to Endgame and you know it... well one episode I definitely want to do is well Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back so <laughs> we gotta do a you, y'all you better watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the episode I feel um I yeah we I have not still slept have us podcast we haven't edited yeah I'm <laughs> sorry that's, that's combined with this nightmare that I'm moving in I have uh, I have not um, slept longer than seven hours in five days, but if terrible. all goes well and we sign off soon, tonight will be the night. I'm feeling it. What time do you wake up in the morning? That'd be great. Uh, six thirty or seven. Um, but like obviously, yeah. it was I was in Pittsburgh for most of the past five days, so it was different. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. No. Um. What was I going to say? Um, we have some cool episode podcasts that we're, you know, we're thinking of. Maybe a full Iron Man one. We're going to cover all of his arc from Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, we have to actually uh, come up with real episodes now instead of filling it with uh, recaps. Right. So yeah, we'll get back to it in May. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely, after Endgame, it would be cool for AP Marvel to sort of uh, evolve as well into... Maybe it's a better form that we can think out for for ourselves, or just like maybe we'll take a break for five years. Yeah, I think <laughs> well, that's I mean, smart. Go back, kind of go back to our roots of like you know covering interesting topics within the MCU, and kind of like I think we can kind of now that we saw Endgame, we can explore deeper on a lot of our stuff that we've either already covered or stuff that we were planning right. on covering. So I, we I have think Iron Man stuff to cover. Uh, Captain America stuff to cover. Like we're gonna be covering both of their arcs. We're gonna be doing a Civil War thing. I'm gonna be doing the thing about dads. We're gonna talk about music because music was really good in this in in Endgame, and I think that will be really interesting to talk about of how they carried themes over. Um, color grading. We'll definitely have to find people to talk about that who are very well versed in cinematography. Um, there was. Uh, we'll probably go back to talking about Thor again um we're talking about like problems in this movie um like a more in-depth look at it um yeah i think yeah. uh since endgame is being built and i think that they, it, it is fair to say that endgame is an ending of some kind um specifically to tony and cap but i think in in general to a phase of the mcu not phase in the traditional sense but sort of uh, in a larger sense, a phase of the MCU that I hope they are not trying to continue or repeat. Um, but it, it gives us the freedom to really say, like, uh, all right, we can definitively talk about 
certain aspects of the MCU now. It's not like they're they are they might change it in the future or they might we can talk about the MCU how did this you know play out across all these movies. Um so that I think is a great opportunity for episodes. And yeah. if you out there are listening and have a great idea for one of those episodes, feel free to comment and check we our, may check or may Discord not too. do it. That's check true. Out our Discord um you know um Tweet at us. Well, tweet at me and Chris. Don't tweet at Thomas because Thomas doesn't have a Twitter. Um, don't have a Twitter. Where can people tweet at you? Definitely Anthony. tweet at me because I am always online. Say say, um, say at the Pizza Taco. Just at well at the Pizza Taco, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But also like, um, aren't we there? A lot of, yeah. Tweet at me at the Pizza Taco. Uh, I'm a competitorizer. We are also on uh, at AP Marvel on Twitter and on Facebook. And oh geez, I don't even have my like usual notes in front of me. Charles kind of, Charles like, Villanueva for the theme music. Together. Charles Villanueva for the music. Steve Molitor yes. for the track Jazz Ventures. Thanks to all our patron our patrons. Uh, check out our medium. Uh, Thomas is uh, the gifted. Is a gift. Uh, post is still there. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, my review <laughs> is up there. Um, and please talk to our talk to us on our Discord. We are a Fun group. Um, Jesus, I'm getting like push notifications about people defending knots right now, and I'm not having this right now. I'm so pissed off. Anyway, oh jeez, really? Are people still not doing terrible this? person in 2019? Oh my god! All right, well, yeah. goodbye, everyone. Also, uh, wait, I think we said not Charles, just bad. Did, Charles well, Villanueva, thank you for the images, not the music. Uh, uh, no, no, we, you said uh, you said Charles Villanueva, thank you for the music. So. You're right, you're right. I just knew the name. I forgot the thing. Okay. Wow. Charles Villanueva for the graphics and Steve Motter for the track. Yes. Yeah. Alright. Um,